Thank you to UN Athletics for supporting the Tax Season Podcast. Make sure everybody go to UNAthletics.com. They got a variety of colors, mad new colorways on the way. They got the fatigue joints to just drop. Make sure you use Tax15 to get 15% off and use hashtag UNTax whenever you purchase something so we can track you down and shout you out on Tax Season for supporting UN. Who's supporting Tax Season? And when you support UN, you're supporting Tax Season. And I also want to thank everybody that supports all the sponsors of tax season because y'all help keep this show running and y'all keep me out of prison thank you say hello to the bad guy tax season you already know motherfucking november 15th we in the district of columbia i got sophie green with me motherfucking tony lewis coming through i got like two other dc cats coming through it's gonna be a lot of love man it's gonna be a lot of love um I just I just want a little respect, you understand? From all you motherfuckers. Um, all you all you sons of bitches out there that keep bothering me. You know what I mean? I just want a <laughs> tad bit of respect, man. Understand where I come from, beloved. My name is Noodles, my nigga. I'm from East New York. You understand me? I'm from Alabama between New Lots and Hageman, my nigga. I'm from motherfucking Sheffield. I'm from Georgia. I'm an East New York nigga. I lived in Star, right? I robbed niggas in Linden. You know what I mean? <laughs> I beat niggas up in Brookline. I got beat up in Brookline. I got beat up in Linden, I think, too. Did I? Um, no. But um, moral of the story is this, man. Show me a little respect, my nigga. I'm just a nigga that came through and tried to do a little podcast thing. And now you people keep bothering me. And just like I said, it's niggas out there that, you know, that's out there. And you like you have the audience of 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 a Mormon church in the middle of Brownsville. And 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 and, and, and you want to bother me. Leave me the fuck alone, nigga. Because if I ride on you, you never going to like it. You are never going to like it, son. I'm telling you, every time people get in the shit with me, when they try to compete with me, they lose. I am afraid to lose, my nigga. And if I lose, I'm coming back again okay. to lose again and to lose again <laughs> and to lose again until I win. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Because, see, what you got to understand about life is that losing is just a part of the game. You know what I mean? It's what you do after the loss. You understand what I'm saying? So you people out there that keep coming for me, don't be surprised when I decide to ride on you and everybody you fuck with ends up hating me. You understand? Because I'm going to take it out on everybody you be with. I'm going to take it out on everybody. That's like some Pablo Escobar shit. He, he got rid of everybody. Yeah, you gotta you gotta <laughs> ride on these people because it's especially these dudes in the industry are so sneaky. They will go behind your back and speak mm-hmm. to people and yeah, you know tax and 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 then and, 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 and then they go oh, under the relate. desk and then they do that. You know, I don't, <laughs> I can I don't relate. care. Now that I don't I. care about your relationships. I. <laughs> I don't care who you cool with. I actually try not to be cool. That's what y'all don't understand about me. I'm not out here trying to be cool with people. Me neither. So if you reach out to be cool with me, I'm kind of cool with you already because that's a huge step for you to even try to be cool with me, nigga. Right. <laughs> you understand? I try not to be liked. Not being liked is a part of my security. That's how I keep people away from me. You understand? If I know everybody don't like me, can't nobody get next to me. Defense mechanism is smart. Be safe, though. <laughs> Yeah, man. We got Notori Norton coming through. 
motherfucking Jonathan Mena, he in the back right now making empanadas. Shit just lit right now, man. I don't know where where um Azim is. Um I don't know where Samir is. I don't know where Shake is and all three of them niggas is Arab. So that might tell you something. Anytime three of your Arab friends disappear, nigga, you alert the fucking officials, nigga, because it's going down. Shake Samir and Azim, y'all niggas get in touch with me immediately, motherfucker, because if some shit blow the fuck up out here, nigga, I'm pointing elbows. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love my niggas, man. Let me, yo, leave my Middle Eastern niggas alone. They only out here to drive Ubers and have stink armpits. They don't mean nothing personal, man. Jesus. Them niggas make the best gyros, and y'all just out here fucking with these people. My only thing is that when you don't make gyros, why do you smell like gyros? <laughs> niggas be out here smelling like gyros. Let's talk about it. Let's speak on it. Yo, Arab community, man, hit me up on Twitter. Speak to me. He wasn't, um... Let me know. I've been around some um, Arabs this shower. Shake showers. I told Shake. Shake was in um, Miami with me. Nigga was getting in the shower every day. I'm like, nigga, what you doing? We don't be showering. (laughs) What you doing, nigga? This nigga like, oh, I got to go in the shower. I'm like, nigga, you're the only Arab nigga I met this shower. Shout out to Shake, man. You was a real nigga for that, man. You going against your whole entire groove. <laughs> but we here with Sophie. Yes. You know Sophie's doing a lot of sneaky things out here. Sophie's being sneaky? You always being sneaky, Sophie. That's interesting. It's... I've heard that in the past, but it was it was it was different reasons why they so sneaky. Why they said you were sneaky, Sophie? Oh, I was dating this guy, and um, he said he just said he said I had a sneaky look, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm I'm with you all the time. I Daniel live with you. How am I being sneaky? He just couldn't give me a reason why, mm-hmm. and it was interesting because he gave me some money to go shopping, and I came back with the gift for him and gift for myself. I was at that time, and he was like, you know, you got a little sneaky look, and I'm like, I went and didn't even spend all the money, so how am I so sneaky? And I, you know, I was I'm with you all the time. I'm. We're sharing the same space. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. So that's the only reason I was told I was sneaky. Any other reasons? No. I'm extremely brutally honest. So, But why do you think I'm being sneaky? Sneaky selfie. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm walking around. I'm mm-hmm. hearing about all these things you're doing <laughs> behind tax season's back. And I just, I just didn't know. You know what I mean? What do so you mean as far as like work see, stuff? If y'all see Sophie pop up on a commercial or some shit, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, well, uh, Sophie's working for sure. <laughs> yeah, Sophie's Sophie's working. Sophie is working. You know, so if you see Sophia <laughs> on any commercials or anything, <laughs> and just understand, you know, she didn't announce it on tax season. No, she was no announcement on tax season. Definitely, I understand. I'm, no she announcement. Was, she was being sneaky. So, but so. you know, G's when you see it, it. <laughs> when you see it, go under her picture. Oh God! And make sure you let her know that her name is Sneaky Sophie. <laughs> you dig it? I'm saying. Well, you know what? Here's the thing. My my page is private for a minute until my announcement. Your page comes. is private until my announcement comes. <laughs> You kind of making me talk about yes. Jesus Christ. Until Why my, is Sophie's page private? Listen, I, <laughs> listen, ladies, listen. If Sophie is dealing with your husband, no, email me at taxstone5 at gmail.com. I don't do that. No, I do, no, 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 no. I don't do that. That's one thing I don't do. I don't I don't share. Like mm-hmm. that's one I'm an only child for one, so I'm not the kind of girl that would share. I would take your head off. <laughs> she said I'm an only child. Yeah, I don't play. <laughs> I don't fucking share. Listen, the, the, listen, anyone that dates me who does not need to 
make himself public or anything like that, he knows I don't fucking share. Mm-hmm. So it's very clear I don't share. Okay. I, Be know. safe. Yeah, if you yeah, from no. sneaky Sophie. <laughs> Tax season. <laughs> Say hello to the bad guy, tax season. Once again, come down, selector. Um, thank you to everybody that's been out there supporting me. Make sure you come to my DC show. Um, yes. November 15th, Sophie Green will be there. We bringing Tony Lewis out, and I'm bringing like three more other people. I'm not going to tell y'all who they are yet because y'all don't deserve that much respect yet. You got to earn <laughs> respect around here, all right? Show some love. <laughs> yes, the, um, November 15th, um, taxseasonlive.com. Make sure you come through. Um, today, we here with the educated sister. Um <laughs> How you doing, Nubian? Natori Norton. Natori, right? Skin. Yes, Natori Norton. Thank right. you. You're so welcome. is yours. Thank and you. we also got um, Sister Sophie Green with us. <laughs> yes, and and we had to speak to the sister. We had to. No. You know what I mean? I'm glad like, to be here. So uh, let's get down. Let's get down to the to the real to the real shit, to the nitty gritty of what well what, what life means of us lately. Tasha, when are you gonna kill Angela? <laughs> Exactly. You know what's crazy? That is literally the going, like the the main question that I get on the streets, on social media. Mm -hmm. It's a little crazy how people have invested in these characters so much so (laughs) that they want people to die. Like when Holly died, they were like, oh, yes. Yes. They were having Holly is dead parties and we're so and finally. And I'm like, dang, that's a that's a woman who lost her job. But um, but one thing I we don't look at it like that. She just lost her job. You know, people think like, oh, she died. But it's like, well, she that's part of her career. Motherfuckers is here trying not to die. Yes. I hope they don't kill me. You know, when they kill Sean, every every season, you know, the my my love interest in season two, he got knocked by you sure know did. Kanan, Fifty right. Cent's character. You knew, you knew his ass yeah. was going. I mean, he now. was he was doing some things, you know. So I think for me, Tasha is she's definitely not, you know, of course, feeling the whole Angela's, you know, trying to steal my man, my husband, okay. ghost, played by Omari Hardwick. But I think that the show is written so well that you those two women have to they have to be ex- in existence so that they can. Have at odds like exactly. you can't. Yeah, yeah, if you yeah. kill every certain people, it's like, well, dang, what what do you have to live no, for? Which is My, you know, in a way. So I think it actually the two women are strong. They're they're interesting opposite each other. So I agree with that. It's interesting. I wrote a um, tweet about the last episode, and mm-hmm. I got over a hundred retweets. Oh, really? <laughs> when I what mentioned is, oh, the fine finale, yeah, when okay. I spoke about you, and I said that you know, Angela's the reason why you should never have a side chick. <laughs> And I said, because you see you what never, happens. You because see you what can happens? never trust the emotions of a side chick. Thank you. And, and now <laughs> she's well, literally, you know, <laughs> had him arrested. Yes. Ghosts in jail. The family's a Bitter. mess. You know, I mean, he's met. She has really disrupted his entire world, my entire world. Of for course. Tasha. But the kids are acting up. Everything about, you know, was it mm. worth it? I think that's what Tasha's thinking at the end. Like, was it worth yeah, it? Yeah, because Angela's a part of the president. She's a president of the BBC crew. I call those girls the Bitter Bitch Crew. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's, some, that's new. Bitter yeah. Bitch Crew. Nah, you, got all, you got all the little like, lines. That's some, some going to be throwing stuff. a drink at somebody across the table soon. I know. The BBC, the BBC, the B- I was like, oh, like the BBC, the yeah. network in London. No, no, no. The Bitter, no, the bitter <laughs> Bitch Crew. That's what I was thinking. I was like, right? BBC. The Bitter no, Bitch Crew. You know, yeah, that's the thing that me and my girls talk about. Whenever you have girls who act like side chicks or girls who try to throw subs and say stupid shit like that, mm-hmm. they're part of the bit of bitch crew. It's like, what's mm-hmm. wrong with you? I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. Exactly. Get nah, your own. Crazy. Okay. 
and live your life and let me live mine. Let's Thank get you. into a little bit of Notori. You from yes. East Orange, Born New Jersey. Raised. Yes, I'm a Jersey girl, East Orange, New Jersey. Shout out to Jersey. How many times have you had to hold a gun for your man? <laughs> Being from East it. Orange. Why are you going in on East Orange <laughs> like that? We're just asking. People always they say such they say you know? such mean things about Newark. It's East a couple Orange. oranges. Yeah, the oranges is. I mean, <laughs> let me tell you, we. We, you know, we have a street, you know, we I'm coming from the inner city, but mm. there's a lot of good that comes out. I mean, so much talent. I grew up actually like right around the corner from Naughty by Nature, Queen Latifah, mm. Whitney Houston was from East Orange. I feel like there's so much good, but people are always like, oh, you know, they're getting shot. You holding guns for your mans and them. <laughs> what, you, what, you, you, what you doing? You, you well, did you? Yeah. No. Exactly. No, I know. Never. You never got the chance to because you went right to 3LW. I was going to say I was 15 in a girl group. What was I, what I, I mean, look like? I mean, but it is girls nah, you was here. lit. No, yeah. Was no. all the dudes it's, trying to get you when you was in 3LW? It's... Uh, let me think. <laughs> you know what's funny? We were so young. I mean, I was 15. I wasn't allowed to actually have a boyfriend at that time. I remember when I was in 3LW, I actually, that was when I turned 16, and I had my Sweet 16. I had a platinum album. We were on tour. Amazing. And I had a, yeah, I had a boyfriend from, like, Union, New Jersey, a better neighborhood <laughs> for you. So I was Union City? Union. Oh, not Union. Union City. Oh, all right. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, it was interesting because I never felt like the girl that was like wanted or I wasn't even in the group. I wasn't like considered in my mind or what I was. I always told. felt like they was trying to give you the I dark skin the girl one. treatment. And that's, that's real. You know, it's real. It's I like, always thought this from a kid. I was like something, this. Something ain't right. Right. Um, I don't know. I can't explain how their psyche is, but I of know course. I used to feel, you know, not as secure not as sexy. Like, I wasn't the one that's like, yeah, you know, you're right. the baddest, you know. I mean, the, my breast started coming in. I was feeling good I mean, about myself. Mm-hmm. The body was mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. in. Your, 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 <laughs> your boobs mm-hmm. are on point. My boobs are on point. Thank yes. you very much. I appreciate that. From another Be female. Safe, of course. Girl. I'll take that. Yes. Um, you know, I prayed for them. Of course. And they came <laughs> I through. Pray for, I prayed for my ass. So trust Prayers me. a yes. month. You know how when you're little? No, I did like, the same Like, you thing. literally be like, okay. You know, I think I it was swear. like 11 or 12, and you're like, oh, I just want to get there. You know, these are, I don't know, random girl things. But, yeah, but I wasn't being chased by a bunch of dudes. I was really just trying to figure out who I was and feeling good about myself because there were so many things working against me in that group. So, you know. So singing was your first love? It was. Singing was the first talent. I mean, I always wanted to be a singer and actress, but I think initially – I started off in Jersey singing mm-hmm. in my church in East Orange, in East Orange, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. At New Hope Baptist Church. And I was the I was really just discovering like, oh, I love the way I feel. I think God gave me a gift and it's my purpose to touch people through music, through, you know, through the arts. And I started singing in church. I started singing national anthem at all the basketball games for the New Jersey Nets. Mm-hmm. That's when the Nets were in Jersey. Right. And before Brooklyn mm-hmm. stole them from us. <laughs> Shout out to I Brooklyn. Feel, yeah, see, see, <laughs> I feel some type of way. But mm-hmm. it's okay. I'm over it now because I live in Brooklyn. Um, Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, and that's how I kind of got discovered, singing the anthem at the Nets games and the political events. Then uh, someone, a manager at the time, was putting together a girl group. And they called me. It was like, all right, we want to audition her. I sang a Monica song, For You I Will. Remember For You I Will? Of course. Mm-hmm. Off of Space Jam. I do remember that. That Space Jam movie. I, I used to love Space Jam. <laughs> Random. But uh, that was my audition. And literally that day I was put into the group was called Little Women before we were called 3LW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was put into Little Women. And I moved. You know, I left high school, sophomore year. And before I know it, I was... 
on the road. Lit. And did it happen it too crazy. fast for you? Yeah. Um, I don't think it was too fast. I mean, it happened fast. I don't think it was too fast for me. I always had a pretty level head. I wasn't like crazy with what was happening. Mm-hmm. I was more so realizing years later, like, okay, so when are we gonna start making money? You know, mm-hmm. when am I gonna actually start the feeling the difference? I felt the difference in our schedule and everything. Right. But I was still looking at like, you know, little chump change, couple thousand dollars in the bank, and mm-hmm. I was like, All right, this is not a platinum selling girl group. Where is where is the the fruits of my labor? Mm-hmm. Um, so, Were there contract issues? Yeah, what's Um, it's funny because I talked about this. Like, Combat Jack, who was my lawyer at the time, was so funny. Combat Jack was everybody's lawyer. Yeah, like he was, ironically, three LW's lawyer. And we talked about it wasn't necessarily contract issues. It was more the production company who was the middleman with the label. Mm-hmm. Basically, there was some you know d- discrepancies on distributing the monies mm-hmm. as most girl groups. You know, with managers, it's like the TLC story or so many stories of young groups. When you're a teenager and you're in the music business, you got to really have people who know what, you know, know what's happening around you or else you get taken advantage of. I think it was a typical taken advantage of. I didn't make the money I was supposed to make. And thank God I was able to rebound from 3LW and find my own gift and my own ability to survive after that because it took a while to rebuild. You know, I can understand that. And, and I don't think people understand how much work it, it takes when you're behind the scenes and then you get knocked down and then you have to, like, build back up and then persevere. Yeah. And it's, it's like, what what within you that made you decide to go to Broadway and things like that? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I went to college first. After the group and I was kind of pushed out of 3LW, I decided, you know, Wait. I'm done with, huh? One second. What do you yeah. mean you pushed out of the group? I was kicked out of the group, 3LW. You know that, right? I didn't know you were literally. Yeah, you know out. what? I never knew you got kicked out no, either. I didn't know that. Like no, I knew you was. What y'all been looking at? No, I no. knew you was gone. You, know, you thought point. I just vanished? No, we, I thought that. You know, I mean, of course. No, assumptions. I, I think I didn't. I didn't yeah, know you no. got kicked out. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I, I was on 106 in Park. Free and AJ had me on there. We talked about Wendy yeah, Williams did a whole thing when Wendy was on the radio. Yeah, I knew you. I did know you it got was, kicked out. As, yeah. as you go back, I mean, this was like 2002. 2003. Yeah, it was a big thing because everybody was mad. They were like, they kicked the dark-skinned girl out the group, you know, because yeah. it, it was a discussion about why and I never really, you know, it was I was, yeah, I was ousted. Yeah. I thought much. that maybe, you know, it was a kind of... Now bitches in the house watching power. Right. It was. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say? He said, now bitches in the house watching power. <laughs> Yes, like salute. You are crazy, Tex. I'm just saying, I like sometimes that. we got to think. I mean, right? <laughs> think no, but people. it was definitely, for me, to. I left off the road because of a, a blow-up, but I never really wanted, at the time, truth be told, I never wanted to leave. It was really much, it was more so them telling me I wasn't this, I wasn't that, I wasn't pretty, I wasn't good enough, I was not marketable. That's and crazy. That That's was kind of, that was really just the Now whole, she got everybody. the best titties in the Western Hemisphere. Okay, and exactly. Y'all, wanna, y'all need to in fucking grow up. And I Western Hemisphere. No, no, you got some great titties, right? But look, one time I I seen him. I seen him in one movie. Me too. I seen him in one movie. I was like, I was like, all right, man. And then she, she she loved having them titties out there. Now I just started smiling, and that's when I had um came to that. Yeah, because you know all the titties out here, mad fake these days. So when you see some good natural, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. They out here fronting, and a lot of people ain't got. Yeah, you real. That's that's but. Uh, I guess thank you. No, um, seriously. Yeah. But yes, uh, <laughs> I don't know how we got to that. But yeah, yes. I don't know. Y'all got to stop. I was talking about my You're comeback. So fresh. Right. And he's like, "But you got to be like." <laughs> I'm like, I'm over here. Like, as I mean, a young woman, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, he, but. You know, <laughs> 
but that situation was what it was and i was able to like you said like it's not easy to come back from that it's not it's not and and with the whole kicking out thing you know but was it like a violent kicking out because i know that the whole kfc thing so mm-hmm. i don't know how like that worked out like i mean because <laughs> how it worked I mean, out because i mean because you seem so peaceful now and i do too so I am. but when you when when you when know what, what peace chicken comes thing, from so success the best is revenge is success the best mm. way to really be at peace is to show I'm so good without you. Sunday okay? nights on and power. It's like <laughs> it's it's literally like I'm at peace because I was able, but it, I may not. I wasn't at peace when I was in college, struggling to pay for books and school. Like I was, mm. you know, I, you know how that is. And I wasn't using my three O W money to pay off school. I was like getting loans and scholarships. But after that, I got an opportunity to audition for a musical, mm-hmm. and that really changed my life. Hairspray. Right. So. Like you mentioned, Broadway mm-hmm. really is what showed me that I could not just be in the music business from that end. Mm-hmm. I could sing, I could dance, I could act, and do it all at once and make money and be paid every week for it. Which As opposed fun. to like, where this record came <laughs> out three years ago, Where's can I money? please get everything was recoup, recoup. But mm-hmm. that was the moment when my career started to shift into acting. And I like that. What did you, if you don't mind me asking, what did you degree in? Was it theater? Or anything? Oh, I didn't finish. So that's the story. Okay. Part of my story is that I went to Seton Hall. Uh, I was studying political science at the time. I got an opportunity to audition for Hairspray, the national tour, my junior year. I left thinking I was coming. Honestly, this is life happening. Six months. I only had a six-month contract, and I was supposed to go right back to school. And I remember I was on the dean's list. I had a straight A's. I was really yes. in love with school. <laughs> and six months came, and then they asked me to come to New York, to come to Broadway. I never made it back to Seton Hall. And, I mean, I love I love, and I still love school. I of still course. think about finishing. But if I had have stayed, I would have continued to get my degree in poli sci. How much did you like Broadway? Oh, I loved that. That is like, <laughs> to me, I think it's one of the best forms of like, you know, entertainment because you get a live audience. You're on stage, live theater, you're singing, you're dancing. I feel like when you're, I don't know, something about Broadway just, just changes you. It makes you feel like you're really connecting with people every night. It's not just like you turn on the TV and you can stop, rewind. Or if you're, mm-hmm. you know, in the music, everything else is controlled by, you know, audio. You know, you can do stuff to it. But mm-hmm. when you're on stage, live theater, there is no faking it. You have to do what you have to do. And I enjoyed that. And mm-hmm. I got to work with Tevin Campbell, nice. who played my brother, Darlene Love, who was my mom. Jennifer Lewis, who also played my mom. Yo, how old is Tevin Campbell right now? Tevin, you know, he's doing well. I love Tevin. I don't know how old he is. I don't want to say, but he's been around for a minute. I'm, and he I'm can sitting still, there thinking I'm... yeah, but he can still sing like Word. his face off. And I love doing Hairspray because it taught me how to, the resilience of Broadway actors. It's not easy to do that. Eight, no, eight that shows shit a week. never look exactly. easy. Yeah, like if you see those, you know, if you go to the theater, you know, I don't know, Motown. I have a lot of friends that Color Purple, Motown, Hairspray. I'm telling you, eight shows a week. You know, you you only have Mondays off. You work every day from Tuesday to Sunday, two shows wow. on Wednesday, two shows on Sunday. It's probably the best training I've ever had in my life because well, it made you, me stronger. Well, and that's what you needed. I was yeah. just about to say that. I know you became very strong after that. No, it did. It strengthened everything. And then that's when I started auditioning for TV, movies. Nice. I didn't have any experience on the screen when, you know, when I started booking films. So Hairspray was... But but hairspray gave you your lunch. It did. It did. I actually just did um, not too long ago. I don't know if you guys saw or heard about being uh, BT and Centric reached out to me to do. You know they do a docu series on. You ever see being like being the Turi Naughton, being right. you know mm-hmm. whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I was kind of like, wow, they're going to do me. I haven't even done that much. <laughs> but um, it was a really cool documentary style thing where I got a chance to talk about all those different. It was kind of emotional. There's a clip where you see on Being Me realizing that Hairspray gave me a second chance. Hairspray made me feel good about myself again when I was feeling like I wasn't good enough. And then all of a sudden, my world just flipped upside down. Mm. It was crazy. But I, I think I think you should credit yourself as well because you know switching from a singer, you know, with the with the musical theater background, I think that you know that gave you a different perspective, and I think it made you look at yourself in a different kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. So it I did. think you know when you do Thank that, you. of course. No, Thank I mean because I I relate to your story, so I definitely understand. And <laughs> no, I mean, and I, I love to hear these things. Thank you. You're no, it's, it's you know how it You're is. You're definitely making an acting right now, right? Killing it. I mean, I'm. I'm you think I'm about excited. singing still? I do. Um, you know, and I've been in the studio. I got a few joints. I'm Uh-oh. definitely like, you know, I write or time to time. I'm like, dang, if I, I listen to some of the music that I've already recorded and I've worked on things and I get excited. But then sometimes I'm like, uh, the music business has a I think it's a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. Because How was, do you feel about the um so about like the the new the new R and B? Hmm. Um. Well, I felt like for a minute. I mean, R and B was kind of re- coming back. Uh, like you know, with certain artists, even like I feel like things have become so merged. Like there's been like less R and B. It's more like R and B hip hop, and mm. of course, you know, everybody's got a hook on their song with an R and B artist. I'm not mad at it. I just. I guess it's not like when I grew up, I grew up in the 90s and R&B was like, it was such a good time. Like Boys to Men and Whitney Houston and mm-hmm. Mariah Carey. Those are the singers that I was like, oh my gosh, like once I make it, you want to get to, you know, Faith Evans and just all those real singers. R&B now feels like just a watered down version of, you know, music where it's a little more popular. And that's cool. And you got to play to the radio. But it's it's not uh, the raw talent that I grew up hearing and, and you know looking at. But you know, that's why I'm like, uh, the music business is cool. But with with acting, I yeah, because the internet, the internet will try to kill you yeah. even if your song is good. You know right. that, right? Yeah, it yeah. Matter. <laughs> you know your song could be great. The yeah. first thing they're gonna say is you got kicked out of three LW, bitch. Oh my gosh! Yeah. When really? did that happen? You said when? When did that happen? Yeah. When did you get kicked out of three LW? Oh oh, two thousand and two. Um, I was 18. Yeah. So, um, 15 so was, years ago. Yeah. I say all that to say this, right? But people do still bring it up. Like, I, I say, I say that to say this exactly. Mm-hmm. I just had this discussion about, you know, the Dr. Dre Michelle um, movie, oh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and I, I said, what I said was this. I was like, yo, I seen a lot of people wowing saying, yo, I'm not wearing beats by Dre's no more. This, that, and the third. I said, listen, I'm not saying what Dre did was right. Yeah, what I'm saying is if he did that 25 years ago and he hasn't done it since, and it's not on his track record. Yeah. Do we still do we still continue do we to hold, still that, continue over to hold that over him? Do we not say he's changed or mm-hmm. yeah. now if he did it last year then it's like nigga come on yeah, nigga like I need you to get your life <laughs> nigga, <laughs> we can't speak we up can't for keep, you yes. so no, I, right. I say that to say this you That's got kicked point. out of three LW fifteen years ago mm-hmm. some weirdo nut nigga is gonna say. <laughs> Bitch, you got kicked out of 3LW. You'll be like, what you mean, nigga? Like, like we're like, on the third, fourth season of Power. Like, yeah, like, you're stuck in, you're stuck yeah, in Yeah, you were stuck past. in 2002. So this is my thing with a lot of people. I'm like, when when is the point that we say, yo? Let's move forward. Right. Because I, I, I think it's hard, especially when you do something well or they remember you for something or people mm. want to. A certain time period, people don't know how to just let go. Like to this day, they're like, "Oh, they, you know, you got into a fight at KFC." Like, 
I'm not trying to go back to that. And people know about it. I talked about it, like I said, on Wendy and you everything. You had KFC. We're not going to go. I don't even go in there. People say you had a fight KFC. I'm sorry. I thought you asked me that already. No, no, no. I know it was the KFC in the story, but I don't know if it was actually in KFC. Oh, child, y'all. Was you working in KFC? Nah, I'm fucking with you. No, but long story short, all of that is kind of, like you said, so long ago that you're right. But I hope that when I do, like let's say I do put out, you know, album or music, that people see, I've grown. I'm also a grown ass woman now. Okay, mm, I, yes, you I'm are. Also, I have matured. <laughs> yes, you man. know, yes, yes. You, you know. I like that you call me newbie, and I dig it. Yes, dig newbie. It. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> um, no, but I think at the end of the day, you want to have you know uh, some other work to support who you are now. Like I've done Notorious and different you know films, Fame, the right. you know lottery ticket even in Broadway and now power. So to me, it's like, y'all, if you choose to be stuck, that one person that you said is going to be saying that, I don't pay attention oh, no, to they, that. They, 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 they going to be they, out there. No, it's not one. When I say one, I mean one million. Yeah. But, you know, it's there's people, people only going to remember when you failed. You know, they only remember mm-hmm. that one time when that they, where they feel a, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I got you there. I guess I don't, they don't remember none yeah. of the things you did well. I had this discussion with Papoose one time. Mm-hmm. Um. I was doing something with Remy with BT, and um, and I was like, "Yo, Pap, I want you to come on the show." And he was like, "Nah, I don't fuck with you." And I was like, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, you be talking shit." I said, "Nigga, about what? We're joking on your hat?" Mm-hmm. So I was like, "I was joking about your hat. I never said nothing negative about you. I never yeah. came at your character. I never. I was like, if you go look, you'll see that. You know what I mean? Actually, go look and see what I've been saying. Yeah, Search yeah, my yeah. name and your name." Mm. So, but I was like, "Yo, you see, a lot of people only see the negative. They'll never see." The, 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 the positive, positive end of it. You're you know what so I mean? right. And I wish, you know, especially within our community, and I'm a black actress coming from, you know, I was in a girl group of women of color. I'm in a mm-hmm. show of people of color. And we got to do better at that. Like, because we really, you should be praising our accomplishments or putting putting uh, us on in the spotlight to say, wow, I'm happy to see you win, sis. Or I'm happy to see you win, bro. Like, at the end of the day, why spend that energy on that? But to me, I don't look at, th- even though I got kicked out of 3 W, I don't look at that as a failure. I think no. of that as, like, That was a blessing. blessing. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Rejection. High five from over Listen, here. Okay, rejection. Rejection in that way <laughs> and to be rejected of out of a negative situation. Sometimes people push you away because they're not good enough for you. They're not the right person for you. At That's all. not where God wants you to be. No. So I feel, I feel in hindsight, that was the biggest blessing of my life because they showed me I had to build who Naturi Nauta was. Of and course. without that situation happening, I wouldn't be on, you know, Sunday nights. <laughs> yeah. Sunday nights on power. It wouldn't it wouldn't be all that. So it's it's kinda all good. See, you're not you're not holding anything against anybody. No, I'm not holding any grudges. I've moved on. It is what it is. You know, we're not gonna be best friends. We're no. not we don't talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's let's not be confused. <laughs> it's cool. You on power Sunday She's nights. Not <laughs> part of the bbc crew you know and i I say that to say i think that people often have negative opinions or responses i wouldn't be cool with them bitches either exactly when they're when when, when your reality is fucked up i Mm -hmm. think that's when you give opinions like that and i think that you're in a peaceful place and you're successful Mm -hmm. so you're not going to give opinions or want to look down on someone because you're not bitter but people who do that you know they are they're they're bitter and they're unhappy that they didn't choose to struggle like Mm -hmm. you have or we Mm -hmm. have in and then they made their dreams come true. So it's yeah. like, it's, you know, I, I dismiss things like that. And I'm happy that you have as well. Oh, absolutely. Because then everything, like I said, after Hairspray, when I booked my first movie, yeah. you know, it changed. That's when I really was like, okay, 
this is where I'm supposed to be. Right. Like, you know, that moment when, you know, I bo- I got the role in Notorious, it really, like, changed my life. How was that? Like, 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 yeah, like, how'd you feel when you it changed your life? Too? <laughs> <laughs> Something is wrong with him. He, he's how do you flirt. put up with Just this? a little bit. Something <laughs> little is bit really wrong, wrong with, with you. Something is a little bit but wrong I, with everybody, I, I get though. it. I get it. It's what makes you you. That's uniqueness <laughs> right there. That's Maybe. special. I'm not sure. Uh, no, but, um, okay, so how, what, what was the question? I'm, I'm just saying, like, you know, you said that, when you realized you booked that movie, you oh, was like, yeah. this is where my lane. So like, yes. So like, you know, like I'm asking, how was that experience? Yeah, yeah. How was that experience? It was amazing. I would honestly say it was probably again, the most challenging, you Why? know, playing a real life person. You know, this is a biopic about Biggie Smalls, mm-hmm. about, you know, B.I.G. And it felt like, I mean, all of Brooklyn was very much excited, anticipating, wanting it to be right. We had, uh, you know, Junior Mafia, Lil C's, mm-hmm. Diddy was on set. Everybody was very much like, you know, wanting a Faith Evans. But, you know, of course, I didn't have little Kim there. But it was one of those experiences where I felt like I got a chance to portray this bad, strong, sexy, fearless woman who's a hip-hop icon. And I loved it. I felt like, although a little nervous because it's so sexual, I, I had never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's what, like, threw everybody for a loop, no, too. No, because like, it was like, nobody that's a girl knew through it, right? Like, it was like, wait a minute, she's a sweet, she's a <laughs> sweet <laughs> little girl. Mm-hmm. It was definitely, you know, it took us some time for <laughs> folks to adjust because it was like the last time they had seen me was this cute little teeny bopper group. Mm-hmm. But I think when I booked that, it made me realize it validated, okay, I do have the ability to be a serious actress. And mm-hmm. I felt the director of Notorious, George Tillman Jr., believed in me. And I'll never forget, even in the casting directors, Twinkie Bird and Wendy McKenzie, they really, really pushed for me because I was also somebody that people in L.A. and Hollywood were like, who? Naturi Nan who? They weren't looking like I wasn't a name. I didn't have a resume. I really just kind of didn't have anything but hairspray. And that was a totally different lane. So how are you going to go from Little Inez, the character I played in Hairspray, mm-hmm. to Lil' Kim? It was like, I was mm-hmm. over there like, welcome to the 60s. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, uh, you got it going on. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Yeah. It was really a huge jump. And I think that's one of the things I pride myself in is versatility and diversity in the roles that I choose. Because Little Kim changed everything. People were like, oh, we could take her. She's a grown woman. She's sexy. I felt like the baddest bitch, you know. It was it was it was, it was a good time. That's official. Yeah, so when you, when you when you when you when you when you get the call of power, what's for power? What's exactly going on? You know, I was kind of shocked when Power first started seeing yeah. so many black characters Were you? and the way they was like being depicted is like they was like successful. And strong, you know what I mean? Right. And, and like had it together yeah. to an extent, you know, although illegal, but uh, <laughs> they were it. It was different. Um. What was happening when I got the call for power? Okay, so I lived in L.A. I was living in North Hollywood. I had not been working for almost two years. Mm -hmm. I was actually a little down and out and feeling like I was going to have to move back home to New Jersey because I didn't know where my next check was coming from. Um, You know, the life of an actor, actress, I always tell people, people get it so twisted. They're looking at you now and thinking like everything, the glitz, the glam, the fame. When they look at Instagram, that's all they see. You know what it is, too? Yeah. Film lasts too long. Ah, film. That's the beauty of film. Somebody can see you. They on keep, something. People was like, and I saw you like, on Notorious. Nigga, you just was inside. You're like, nigga, that was eight years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're 
watching like it was on VH1 the other night. BET just yeah. played lottery ticket. Like that was about seven years. Notorious was about a, yeah. you know, we gotta we gotta figure out how to get that. So I was actually living off of kind of residuals at the time. I was living in LA. You know, I had you know I had book Notorious. I had uh, the movie Fame, which didn't do as well in the box office. Lottery ticket, which was cool with Bow Wow, and that was fun with Ice Cube. Then it was like. I had done a few things, but it got really slow. The industry, especially in Hollywood and living in L.A., is when I realized, like, you can be the hot black girl and the it girl at that moment. Like, everybody was like, oh, the chick who played, you know, little Kim. But then in in, in the same, like, in a year or two, it was like, you can't even get in for stuff. You got to fight for everything. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. So I was really in a position where I felt like I really needed something. I needed a break. And then my agent called and was like, okay, there's a show called Power. They want to see you. You have a producer session. 50 Cent is exec producing. Uh, Courtney Kemp is writing. You know, you want to go in for it. And I was like, cool, send me the script. I read this script and I was like, oh, this is about to be dope. Mm-hmm. I never forget being excited of how Tasha was. I don't know, she was just, like, stronger than most. When you see the wife of a drug dealer, a lot of times it's like the damsel in distress. Or mm-hmm. She doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very much in the accomplice and involved mm-hmm. in doing stuff that I think made her raw. And I like stuff like that. I kind of like pushing myself beyond where Naturi, because Naturi is a little more conservative. Naturi is a little bit more of a lady. <laughs> but when Naturi goes into character mode, she gets Going to... Going character, she baby. Gets to, yeah. <laughs> she gets to wild out a little. And power, you know, power made me excited. So, I, I, so essentially, I auditioned. I had my first audition... Um, which actually I didn't think went well at all, but I got a call back. And then after the call back, they were like, you know what? Omari Harbick is a lot older than her. We think she reads a little young because I am, you know, like 10 years younger than Omari. And I was like, dang, you know, I really feel like I can do this. So I remember sending them all this material and I did photos and showing them I could be what you got to do. I was like, I'm going to show (laughs) y'all I can be this woman (laughs) because I felt like I am Tasha. And it took like three months for them. They didn't say, they were like, oh, we're going to audition older actresses. We just feel like, and they went and did their search. Three months went by. It was like a su- in the summer. And then I never forget, I got a call. They were like, okay, they want to bring you back in for the camera test. And when you get to, you know, for those of you who know or don't know, mm-hmm. the camera test is that level where you know it's between you and maybe two other young ladies or another female. And you have to, that's the final final. It's mm-hmm. like you're final meeting i guess and you gotta go in and murder it right you are so funny (laughs) yeah no i know i mean everybody a lot of people wanted to be ghost's wife i mean i I mean mean, i mean well look at him i I mean mean, (laughs) a lot of people was like dang girl i'm trying to get in them sheets where you at (laughs) i want to be where you at okay so i get it could you have played tasha in real life could i have yeah oh could i have like a real life could you have been tasha I don't think so, guys. She my trap queen. I don't know. I mean, low. I think I could have been Tasha on some levels because I like her routed. I am actually a little bit of, the truth is if Omari was here, he'd be like, you kind of are a little bit of Tasha. That's why I got cast in this role because I'm, I'm the loyal ride or die. I ride for my mans. I ride for my family. I'm very aggressive. I speak my mind and I know where I come from. So part of that is who Tasha is, but the part 
I don't know if I could be dealing with all of this messing around with Angela, messing up my family, <laughs> you you messing up the business, and then he's a drug dealer, you about to go to jail. Like, I don't I don't know. I don't know if I have the capacity. I think Tasha is a little stronger than me, and I think that's what makes her fun to play. Yeah. But, yeah, mm-hmm. so I got a call back. So I do the camera test, the whole situation, and I then, after a week, they called me and was like, you are her. You got the role. I got the part. And that's the, you know, those are the words that you always want to hear. So how'd you celebrate? That's lit. I was living in L.A. <laughs> I, I remember one of my best girlfriends, Yasmin, and a guy friend um, who was an actor, Hosea, and a bunch of people took me to Beverly Hills. We went to this place called the Stinkin' Rose, I think. It's, it's like in Beverly Hills, and we had this, like, cabana and everybody just toasted my friend brisha i remember was there a bunch of people all actors Mm -hmm. and in the industry and know that struggle Mm -hmm. they know how difficult it is to get a yes because so many no's came before power you have no idea do you find the struggle as a black actress do i find the struggle just no more yes being a black actor do you feel like you're overlooked (sighs) being a black actress i mean I think for a while there, I mean, now it's starting to shift. I will say I'm encouraged by the way the industry is like embracing diversity and black actresses and actors. But I do think it's, it was a different struggle and it is a different struggle when you're a black actress. I'm not going to front. I think when I was in LA, there's a moment when they want the ethnically ambiguous girl with the curly hair. And that's what I was hearing. I wasn't getting things because I was not, Either I was too black or sometimes not black enough. If it was for the African girl, they was like, we got to get Lupita. And I wasn't really like, you know, it's always this fine line in Hollywood where it's like something small could be the reason why you didn't get it. So as a black woman, it can weigh on your self-esteem. It can weigh on your, you know, the issues that we deal with in media, in television. It's not just in Hollywood. You know, we are always kind of trying to figure out what makes us less desirable when we really are, you know, queens and Nubians. <laughs> and it's frustrating, but I think it is a different struggle because, you know, you're overlooked in a lot of ways where you're not even auditioning for the parts. Like when they're doing X-Men 5 or, uh, you know, whatever it is, the role is a lot of times written for a Caucasian actress. And then you have to literally go through a battle and argument and fight just to be seen, just to get in the room. Mm. And then they see you, but it's like a quota thing. Like, okay, we saw a few women of color, but it just didn't work out. They see you, but sometimes you just don't get it. And it could just be that I'm not right. It's, it's not always about that. It's, sometimes it's just like I didn't, I didn't get it because I wasn't supposed to get it. But a lot of times you do feel like you're not getting the same opportunities and you're not afforded the amount of opportunities. It's mm. not that you're not in the mix. It's like, the mix is like is much lower. It's all the girls are auditioning for the same parts. I see Megan Good. I see everybody all the time mm. because we're all fighting for that one black movie that they did that year with a leading role. Like it, it's literally like two a year. And mm. for if you know, for some of the counterparts of different races, sometimes they have like you know ten or twelve movies. But you gotta you gotta fight while you can. That's why we need more black films, man. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it's so important to have black producers, black writers, right. black filmmakers, and stop, you know, blaming Hollywood for what they're not doing for us. You know, the truth is, I'm I'm really, you know, an advocate. Like when I go to ABFF, I was just honored by Real Sisters uh, Film Festival here in New York at the Schomburg in Harlem, and they honored me with the Trailblazer Award, and I felt so, uh, you know, just like the work that I'm doing is being recognized, and it takes 
us, you know, people of color to say, you know, we see you. We're going to create more opportunities. We're going to write, you know, a show. Courtney Kemp is a black woman who wrote Power. She had to fight to get her show on the air. Nobody's looking at, like, you know, a black female to write a show that's as gritty and as boss as Power. But she's doing it. Mm -hmm. So it just goes to show you it can be done. Today's episode of Tax Season is brought to you by Uber. We've all taken an Uber to get where we need to go in a pinch. But did you know that Uber is the ultimate side hustle? Driving with Uber is a new way you can earn extra cash whenever you want. It's not just another J-O-B. We've taken all jobs to earn extra cash, but nothing works with you the way Uber does. It's a totally flexible way to earn cash and extra dough. You can turn it on and off just like your car. Got a few extra hours to spare? Drive with Uber. If you're driving right now, you should be earning right now. And every day is a payday when you drive with Uber because you can cash out anytime with instant pay. With access to instant pay, cash out, your earnings up to five times a day with no minimum amount required listen if you enjoy earning extra cash if there's something special you like to buy your car can start making you some money so make sure you get with uber so go ahead and get your side hustle on sign up to drive a uber today go to uber.com slash drive now that's uber.com slash drive now need it one more time uber.com slash drive now I definitely like power. They painted you on a different light. You know what I mean? It wasn't, you know, nobody was, you know, the, they always try to paint you as the, the, the unintelligent thug mm-hmm. that lucked up. Man. They don't have no yeah. sense. <laughs> or the wife that's just like wild. this bitch up and his, yeah. his kids. And, yeah. You know what I mean? So You're not so, like that at all. You're a boss. Yeah, no. And she's, I think she's got a sophistication that I think will elevate you got what a people dumb son. see. Yeah, well, you, you know, my child. <laughs> <laughs> He is going Yo. through it right now. Oh my gosh! And I've been, uh, you know, when I read the scripts, I, I'm I'm struggling too. And, and I'm like, well, why didn't we teach him some street smarts so he get himself together? But you know, Michael Rainey Jr., who's a great actor, as a young kid, he's a he's like six, fifteen, sixteen. He is like so great in this intrigue. But I know he even said to me the other day, he was like, yeah, no. I'm kind of dumb, ma. Like, he's like, <laughs> I am like a dumb kid. And I was like, well, you know, it's just, he just didn't grow. He grew up kind of shielded from the hood. Yeah, His shelter. Parents, mm-hmm. When you shelter your kids too much, sometimes mm-hmm. they come out lost and confused when the real world happens. Yes. And that's why you got to give them a little bit of real, a little bit of, you know, that upscale. But, you know, you got to keep it, keep it balanced. So let me ask you a question about that little bit of real, a little bit of, you know, I guess yeah. so. How, because you said, you know, you're such a lady. How, how are you when you get to perform your sex scenes with Amari Hartwood? Because you said a little bit of real. So how, yeah. how, how much of the real you was in it? Uh, <laughs> not, not at all the real me. What's funny <laughs> is sex scenes are very, very technical. And they are not sexy. And they are very choreographed. And they are not real. They look good, and people be like, "Yeah, you was you had go shaking episode nine. <laughs> you know, I I've been getting that a lot on on Instagram. They be like, "I want to oh, shake shit. too. I want to." I'm like, <laughs> you I'm like, serious? Oh, like, no, shit. people are crazy. Yeah, I'm not saying I can't have you shaking yeah, now. Like, There's a you, difference. Okay, but what I'm saying is, it's not as it's not that you know, it's not as sexy and as as dope as you see. Honestly, me and Omari were really like friends before I booked Power. He's like a big brother because you know, like I said, he's older than me. He's it's really weird. But you're not blind. 
Oh yeah, I'm not blind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yes. Man, you have I to see that. Head I mean, too. he's a married man. <laughs> no, I mean he's a married man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I look at him as old, like he's older than I am. He always looked at me as like he used to be like little sis. You know, even when I got the role, he was like, "We're gonna play husband and wife," but it's kind of like weird <laughs> incest a little bit because <laughs> we are really like you know um, family, but. I think in the sex scenes, what we do, and to keep it is super, like, professional, it's super hard, it's super difficult to be completely, you know, like, nude and with someone you know, and it's not your man, I'm not his woman. It's uncomfortable. I'm mm. not going to lie. I'm not going to make this sound glori- wow. glorious. Mm. It's very, very uncomfortable, and it's hard, and it takes focus, and it's discipline, because the man can't be getting all roused, looking at right. me, and, you know, <laughs> else we got to cut because it's not right in the sock, and it's just got, it's like so many technical things that I have to be taking. Girl, it is so. Angela and Ghost be looking very uncomfortable yeah. in yeah. their sex scenes. What do you mean? These sex scenes are so terrible, like, you know. Um, on the table? That one time the I see these sex scenes, I, I went to the park and just started cleaning up after. <laughs> like, what I are you talking about? Exactly. People like their sex scenes. Uh, Them really? shits be dirt. Angela's um dirt. Like, oh, no, not, stop. Like, not like that, like, you know. I, mean, I think she has sex appeal. Yeah, she's oh. like dry. She looked like a. But you know what? Y'all you know what? Say, speak like, your mind. Speak your mind. She looked like a pussy dry. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, I can't. Okay, I can't so even desert, comment. Desert box, okay. Desert box. But we're box. talking about a show, y'all. Is this how y'all do? Yes, we're talking about a show because we're talking yeah, about I don't a even want to like, you know, comment on that because no, we're the not talking about her in person. We're talking so about just, wonderful. We're talking about just the Oh, scene. Lord Jesus. No, nah, oh. I, I like everything else about it. I like that she's a sneaky Spanish chick. I think that y'all <laughs> Oh, you all, like that? You like that? That's what you like? I think all y'all sneaky Spanish chicks, you know what I mean? You ready, get yourself you ready a, for them. Get yourself a little nice little side Puerto Rican with... um. You see what he's promoting? Who pops yeah, I, hate you. I got nothing to do with you that. Know what I mean? You know I mean? Who pops hate black niggas. And you know, just, you just know, yeah, keep that's, pushing. Yeah, that's actually that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. Who He is hilarious. All the time. Okay, so, yes, <laughs> I'm going to skip the what her, her JJ is like. But <laughs> I'm going to just say I think they do a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing about our show is I think the sex scenes are done in a way that tell a story. They're like, passionate. if you notice... All even Tasha's scenes, you know, goes to me or me with Sean or Angela, whatever. It's always kind of. Well, when you let Sean hit it, you lost uh, niggas for a long time. I think people were upset. Well, with well, he I was hurt. Say, well, no, 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 no. She no, no. really let this nigga but fuck. He no, was, it's well, not that. I feel she like let she, the Uber driver beat. No, she the Uber fucked Sean. driver. No, no, he, he didn't fuck not, her. You fucked him. It's thank different. you. It's there a big was difference. a difference. Yeah, she sunned him. No, I understood that. Thank you. Because that was the whole point of the writer, and I'm glad you caught that. Exactly. And all the ladies was like, "Yes, get exactly. You're in control." Instead of a show always portraying us as the one being you know uh, mm-hmm. you know Fuck. taking advantage <laughs> yes um <laughs> it's that it's so funny because i'll be cursing up a storm in the show but mm-hmm. i'm like um us being um taking advantage, <laughs> of. Taking advantage of or whatever <laughs> but the point is we as women and i think tasha was manipulating sean and using mm-hmm. You know, of course, she's trying to get information. Of Where's course. ghost? What's going on? You were smart. Yes, we're having sex, but don't get it twisted. I'm very much the one that's controlling and oh, grow. Like I am a part, which I liked. I yeah, thought you it knew was, his ass yeah. was gonna get killed too. I didn't. <laughs> well, I did. It was unfortunate. And the actor who played Sean Sinqua Walls, who's a great friend, and he's so dope. And and I'm and I think you know we all go on and do the show is a platform. He's you know gone and do other things, and mm-hmm. people work after they die on power. So. It's kind of an honor, you know. Yeah. You, you get to be on on power, even if you don't Pick live. Pick me up from LAX next Wednesday, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like I'm coming, I'm coming. Yeah. Nigga, man, yo, imagine Sean picked you up in the car. That's funny. That is funny. What the suit on? You like, wait a minute. He's like, wait. Uh, yeah, no. He should do that for Halloween. Just walk around. Somebody pick be showing. Up. That's funny. I wonder that should be hilarious. That would be funny. Tasha and ghosts out there. People who will be uh, Tasha and ghosts for Halloween. You never know. But um, y'all, y'all. When does the home. next season come back on? So we're shooting season four right yeah, now. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually kind of just started. People get mad at me. They be walking on the street like, why are you doing this to me? I can't wait for 2017. That's some, But 2017, I don't have a date. But, you know, our show is a summer. It comes out every summer. Mm-hmm. And this year we had the highest, you know, we're the number one show on Stars. We had the craziest premiere, the highest rated ever. We broke our own record from last season. Congratulations. As you should. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, so it's crazy. I can't even get over it. Like the fan reaction, like now that we're in season four and season four will be coming out next year. There's so they have it should be a suggestion box <laughs> just for like all the comments and things that they want to happen. A lot of them want what you want, you know. <laughs> But I am not going to be killing Angela if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> um, but I think everybody has invested in Tommy and Ghost and Tasha and Angela. And some people, they team Angela. Some people, they team Tasha, team Tommy. Like, this shit is a part of our lives right mm-hmm. now. Y'all think this shit is a joke. It's mm-hmm. not, all right? It, it, but what do you mean? <laughs> that's questionable to be team Angela. It's a little questionable. Some of these women, I get a lot of people. They get nah, mad at I was, me. I was um, fake team Angela for a minute. Yeah, some people. Yeah, he, you know, it switches up. Like it, I was with can. her, then I was with Angela, then I went back to her. You always come back to home. That's what happens. Okay? You know, you know how I do. Yeah, Bars. you know <laughs> exactly. You always come back. You can scurry and see what's out there, mm-hmm. but you know but what you, it is. You know what it is. And I think Ghost season four. What's interesting is this season is going to be. I think this is the season where you start to really see the value of the original relationship. Oh, niggas know? always love their girl when they go to jail. Mm-hmm. Don't you get fooled by ghosts now. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. You need to come. You 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 sound like you're that in the nigga, writer's room. You know what's going that nigga on. Ghost. Right? That nigga ghost love is you gotta love your girl. You you get back. I never forget the day you told me when you were seventeen. <laughs> niggas always start recollecting shit when yeah, they get in jail. They start remember- and then, like, you know, for me, Tasha's she's gotta you be his she's gotta be there for him and support him and she's got the kids. She's this is probably the hardest thing that she's ever dealt with in her life. She mm. never imagined that this man that was like a king to her, he was the Don, like the now he's, he's at the he's he's at his lowest. And I I now have to be truly a ride or die, truly protect Ooh. these kids, truly be there for him. Does Tasha turn into Griselda? Uh-uh. <laughs> well, let me ask you, does, does, um, does Tasha, since you said Tasha has to, you know, take care of everything, does Tasha have money put away in a stash? I mean, yeah, well, oh, she, was she was putting money, yeah, thing. remember yeah. she was right. kind of saving her chips and putting her money aside away from ghosts kind of secretly because she she was thinking if something is going to pop off, I got to be ready. So she she does have money saved okay. on the side, but there's a, there's a bigger you know now that he's in jail a lot of using Lakeisha business yep 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 that's all going so much just so and much she disappeared on us we don't know where the fuck Lakeisha at right. we yes. trying to figure this shit everybody's out everybody's like hit me up like see what you did you done got her involved in your mess <laughs> I'm telling you people are really upset but uh and I love Lala she she's doing so great and we become friends and she's like everybody's 
you know, they they mad, but they they also want to know where she is. <laughs> yeah, where the like, fuck you at, Lala? Like, and they're hitting her up, and she's like, calm down. Like, <laughs> I'm living my life. Wait to season four, right. and you'll find out. I guarantee all the audience, you will be very pleased. This is, we're on episode three right now, and I feel like this is going to be, I know we say this every year, but this might be one of our most powerful seasons. <laughs> I mean, I how think, many seasons is it going to go? Well, um, after the premiere and the numbers of season three were crazy, stars picked us up for two seasons, which is very rare and never happens in television. So they picked mm. us up for season four and five. Wow. Be which safe, is though. Blessings on blessings. The community are going to watch power. Yes. Even if we don't like it, we're going to watch it. Exactly. No, you I got keep telling support. you, niggas. Listen, nigga. <laughs> you know what? The first the first episode of Power, it was it was something and it was like mad unrealistic. Oh, really? Was yeah. it uh, first episode? Yeah. Um, I think when I think he went to buy some coke. I think it was like two bricks or some shit like that. Really? There was something. It was some dumb shit that was so off really? for any nigga that sold drugs. That like niggas oh. was calling me like, "You see this bullshit, my nigga?" Well, we were still but, finding you know, our way. Yeah, it it's happened. TV it's, show. It's, it's TV. I had yeah. to. Under, you said, but, but I think we corrected ourselves. You know, a motherfucker like like that. No, you ain't never watching this bullshit. Niggas have made this bullshit drug show. Oh, but, really? But, wow. You know, I'm I'm that. I'm pro black. So mm-hmm. I'm with you. You know, when the next show was coming on again, I had to I thought about the first yeah. episode. I said, nigga, I ain't never even seen a show with this many black people mm-hmm. as the main characters. You know what I mean? No, it's dope. So it made that made me watch the show again. And then I was like, nah, this shit is good. Like yeah. second, third I mean, episode. I was yeah. like, this shit is high. I think we hit our stride around episode three or four of season mm-hmm. one. Cause you know, we were all finding our footing. That's new shows anyway. Yeah. There's no new show out there that became a hit, you know, that Even Ghost have. was, he was stiff the first episode. If you look at the first episode again, he wasn't in his groove yet. People did, people did see, say that and feel that way. It's interesting because it takes a lot to be this character. What Omari does as Ghost is he found something really unique because he's this businessman. He's, he's very like, like you said, it's almost like he's controlled and it could seem stiff, but at the same time, He's just, when you get him to go off, when he told Sean, go, people had the gorilla. <laughs> they were saying, like, it was like yeah, the yeah. Planet of the Apes or something. That like, shit got memes. memed so much the memes, first day. They like, were like, go. When he told <laughs> Sean, it was crazy. I was right. like, dang. But I think that's what makes this character and Omari's acting so superb because he knows how to find those little balances. When you need mm-hmm. to be a gangster, he can do it. When you mm-hmm. need to be you know, the dude in the suit who's walking around owning a club, you can't be too hood to be this club owner that is believably a straight-up businessman. Right. So I think it takes balance, and I'm glad that people gave us a chance to build because, it, you know, it takes time. Power. Yes, y'all are on power. I'm like, does anybody want to ask a Naturi question? No. No, just a Tasha question. (laughs) I was like, Naturi on power. No, no, it's cool. It's been the blessing. Like I said, it's a blessing in my life. I... I moved from L.A. I live in Brooklyn. I'm shooting in Brooklyn. We shoot in Manhattan, New York. One thing I love is that I'm in New York City. I'm a Jersey girl, so my family's in Jersey. I can still be close to home. I, I'm I'm really, really fortunate that finally <laughs> the right job, not just any job, brought me to New York City because yeah. sometimes you could be in a job and it could be going and going and you're not happy. At all. You know? What do you want to look forward to? I mean, after power... I mean, because I know, I know sometimes people get really stuck in characters. And yes. People, and I, I, I can tell that, you know, you like versatility. Yes, So what are you looking forward to? 
Oh my gosh! Well, I can't wait to do. I want to do more films. Um, you know, I love being able to do what kind of films? Yes, biopics. Yes, um, that's what I was gonna say. I love real life stories and telling, you know, inspiring stories, especially our stories that, you know, I, I want to play Patti LaBelle in a biopic one one day. And I've actually talked to Miss Patti about it. And That's she was so like, amazing. I'd be honored to have you play me, honey. <laughs> um, and she's fantastic. I was, I'm actually going to be on her cooking show um, coming up uh, next month. Can you month. bring some Patty Paws back, please? Yeah, I, w- I, c- I could try to call her. But they are so, it's about to, wait till Thanksgiving again. It's, it's going to be crazy. This shit is going to get um, serious. But yeah, I just... <laughs> It's it's gonna be crazy and it's so good. I had one. She gave me one. But yeah, no, I want to do stuff like that and I want to direct. Um, that's one of the things that I'm aspiring and working on, and you know, just really trying to learn from being on a show like Power. I get a chance to watch the directors, ask them questions, kind of like learning on the job, and I'm also studying and really trying to delve into the behind the scenes because I think if there were more female directors and female storytellers, we would have more you know representation of ourselves. So I feel like being an actress is awesome, and I love singing, acting. Oh, I can't wait to be back on Broadway. Okay. <laughs> One of the other dreams, I mean, I miss the stage so much. I, I would love, like, when they were doing The Wiz, I was like, oh, I want to be Dorothy. They, they, I, didn't, I didn't get it. But um, but one of the things that I think would be dope would just to be able to do maybe a revival or something really cool or, like, you know, just I just want to be on stage again because I think singing, like you said, it was my first love and I haven't had the opportunity to really do that with power being so much of my schedule. I, I can't wait to get back into that. And um, and then another movie I want to do is Mahogany. I love Diana Ross and just like old school classics and just do more film. So directing more films, more Broadway kind of trying to be you know getting them all the emmy the golden globe the oscar and the tony award there's nothing wrong with that mm. you know you got to set the goals high you have to i tell the young people <laughs> set your goals high overachieve let me ask you a question as an actress do you ever like feel like these the award shows always cater to the um to the other people the um the white people the other people you're funny. You know, I've been I've been bothering white people for the last three weeks, y'all. All my, oh, you all are my like, white Have you friends. been on like a white people like hmm? kick? You've been going crazy. Or? Yeah, even my even my friends, I just been fucking with them niggas because you know I just be out to bother feel... white people sometimes. Yeah, no, it's you, nothing you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> whatever you feel, whatever you feel. Um, okay, award shows have they? You you're saying like. You feel like they cater to the... I always see when, you know, a, just... a, a white person, a white actor, actress, when, like, gets an award over black people and I see the outrage. And then I, me personally, I get mad at the outrage because mm-hmm. I always be like, why do we feel we need... Their validation. Exactly. Yeah, no, I feel you. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I think when I watch, like, I watched the Emmys this year, and I, I mean, even last year, I was so, like, proud to see, like, people like Regina King, who's a friend and someone who I'm inspired by. She won. Or when I saw, um, you know, the the black actress from Orange is New Black, Uzo, or, you know, winning in, in Viola Davis last year. I, 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 and Courtney B. Vance, who won for OJ. There are moments when I do feel like, okay, whew, finally, like, just give mm-hmm. us our just do, our propers, you know. But at the same time, we can't expect that, for generations, these award shows, the Oscars, Emmys, have been in place not to celebrate black excellence. Exactly. Let's be real. They've been put in. They've been put 
out there. Like the Oscars are not there for therefore the films that were big, you know, back then. And majority of those films that were being made, being funded, being greenlit were um, mostly for white people. So we have to understand that there is now this discussion about diversity and Hollywood is including us and all that. But at the same time, you know, if, if we're not, don't feel like that lessens your value. Mm -hmm. And as African-Americans, I don't think you should feel like that takes away from our greatness and our excellence because we have, you know, NAACP Image Awards, which I was nominated for last year and which was amazing. My first time mm -hmm. being, you know, nominated amongst my people felt really, you know, like an honor. And there's all kind of things where we have to continue to, you know, ABFF and things like that that tell us, okay, we're great with or without, you know, we're going to continue to do great work. And if you get that recognition, awesome. Trust me, we mm -hmm. all want to be a part of the, the commercial, you know, things. We want to be a part of mainstream too, mm -hmm. but I don't think we should feel discouraged if in fact... Yeah, that's it, what I feel like. It's a, yeah. a discouragement that happens and it's like... I just see a lot of just people like, oh, why we can't? And why? Like, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. What? What you mean, why? That's a good point. What That's you mean, why? It was written, beloved. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think And I feel been... like that, that stands for a lot in life. Yeah. You know, like, I've seen it. I've seen it as of yeah. very recently with really? a lot of different people. I've seen, I've seen, like, certain people, like, like distancing themselves from me. Really? And then I've seen the white people is like the executives like, Hey tax, what's up? Come here. And then I see all of them come back and be like, Hey, what's good tax? You cool. And I'm like, what? Yeah, no, it's interesting. You're right. I mean, it's good to be aware and I hope to be at some of those one day. I'm not going to say, I don't want to get in, mm -hmm. you know, the Emmys and all those things. You want to be able to know that your work is being recognized on the major mainstream scale, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, and go like, get that, that that super mainstream money. Like nigga, yeah, I did yeah, I, I did some fly shit this year. Yeah, Can like I power get some has not been. You know, and that's one of the frustrations. Even Fifty has talked about. We've been kind of ignored by the Academy, the Emmys. We're on our fourth season, and we've never been. No mm -hmm. nods, no anything on Emmys, Golden Globes, SAG Awards. Because y'all niggas, that's why. Why we got to be, why, Too why? Niggas. See, that's not, the. I refuse. Mm -hmm. I just think that it's 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 a, it's definitely unfortunate. But you, think, I think, you think that this was an all-white all casted show, it would be ignored? No. That show is trending the day before it come on. You're right. We are the number. It's, it's, <laughs> and that's the, the the saddest part. I don't even like shows, nigga, and I'm waiting for power. Like, wow. You know what I mean? You sound like, even like I don't watch TV like that. It's crazy. I power hate to say CNN. that, but it does feel like, and, and even we talked about it amongst ourselves as a cast, what is it that's not connected? Why aren't we, you know, we don't get, you know, the cast nomination, you know, leading lady or leading, you know, male for um, Omar Hardwick or supporting it. It's crazy because we haven't had that. And I'm not sure why. I can't explain it. You know, Tax seems to have it on lock. No. <laughs> he seems to know what's going on in Hollywood. Man, you know, I'm going to have to call shit, you and be like, why? You might have to call some people. But I think one thing I've always tried to do is hard, the, not the bitter, the BBC. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to be that because I think if I just stay steadfast on the work, and continue to do okay. great things, they you cannot dim a light. Oh, no, no, light. don't get a you twist. Shine, you, uh, eventually, they got a buzz. Like That's just how it right? goes. Yeah. When but you it's, put it's that work like, in. Yeah, back work, in the day, we got to keep plugging. The work like, silences everything. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and it just sucks, though. I know that struggle because I feel I'm. We're all like, well, damn, we ain't going to get, they ain't going. When they call out best drama series, we be like, okay, I guess not. Not this year, not next year, not that year. That, But 
it will be a time when you cannot ignore, I think, the the great work that people and our fans have, you know, praised. Do you so, think it has something to do with um, it being written by a black woman? No, because in their shows, like, you know, Shonda Rhimes, Raising who gets, Army, right? you know, and Sh- Scandal, and uh, there's, like, three other shows that are, I mean, uh, well, Lee Daniels is a black man, not a black woman, but, you know, who, who they seem to really give praise to Empire and give them, every, you know, it's interesting. I don't think it's, it's that, because then they Wait, Empire gets awards? They, well, t- well, Taraji won an Emmy for you know, oh Empire. shit, she did. Yeah, well, congrats was, to Taraji. I was happy but for her. Yes, that show. I'm is, happy for, her. and I'm a fan of Taraji even before Empire. Empire, the show has not, but she's doing her thing and she's great. So I'm happy for her. But you know, it seems like it's just an interesting political dynamic. What network you on? It's like, oh, it's a black show. Who's gonna be the? It's 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 really weird. It's tricky. Yeah, but. Cause oh, that's I, like mad weird. Like, <laughs> that's some shit. That's like so weird. That, like you gotta like conspiracy. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. conspiracy. It has to be right. I don't that's know. That's what I'm thinking. Shit. Season four. That's though, a conspiracy, you know, nigga. Yeah. Season four. We gonna just keep knocking down them doors. Yeah, cause once you, you know, just like you said, that's a hundred percent correct. When you keep working, mm-hmm. it's they cannot deny yeah. it, and that's just how and it goes. And that's the same. I'm sure you guys in your field. Sometimes people won't recognize you, or they don't mm-hmm. see you. Until, you know, all of a sudden you're like, where'd all this, you know, the love come yeah. from? I've been here for five years doing the same Ten. thing. <laughs> Ten years. you like, wait a minute. You could be doing the same thing and killing it and killing it. And right. you do not. And then all of a sudden it's like, suddenly they're like, oh, the new hot sensation. No. <laughs> you ain't the like, new nothing. Right. <laughs> but for some reason there's this, especially, you know, of course, when, you know, we're of people of color, it's just. That idea, and that's how my parents raised me, just continue to do the work, work hard, be great at what you do, be be always striving. I have to strive for the A. I have to strive. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was in school, not just in acting and singing and film, I strive to be the best. And if people, and especially younger people, because the younger generation is crazy right now, but if people strive to be the best and stay focused and do well, I think that's when you cannot be ignored. I agree. Indeed. That's Natari right. Norton. Yes. Motherfucking power. Yes. Sophie Team Green. Tosh in the building. We doing it out here. I'm taking over. Yo. I'm about to be Tex. You know, I man. Uh-oh. No, I'm just joking. She going to drop some bars. So I know. Not at all. I got excited real quick. We here with Sophie Green with the luxurious calves. <laughs> With the I'm going to the gym after. Your legs do look good, girl. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm do going many, to the gym. Many See, I like that we can compliment. She complimented my breasts. I compliment you. <laughs> you can wear everything. Yeah. No, and then you too. <laughs> At the you. end of the day, why can't we? As you're women supposed to lift each other up. This is. Phenomenal. But like I said, you know, I think I always said when. It, that's why you know it's interesting. Um, I was talking to someone and they said that a girl made a comment about me not liking women, and I, I always mm. tell people that. Women who do that, they feel uncomfortable with themselves. Mm. So don't project. She felt like you didn't like women? Yeah, and I'm like, don't project your reality or what you assume because you're uncomfortable mm. with who you are. Mm. And that's what I'm saying. That the reason why you and I can exist in this space is because I'm not bitter and I'm comfortable exactly. with I am. And I work my ass off. And the same goes for you. Absolutely. But I think that people, like you said, they say negative comments and comments of failure because they're they're inadequate internally. Internally. And that's, you, you know, are so right. And that's the struggle. Did you study psychology in school or something? I read She's, a lot. I read a lot smart. of smart. All she did was sell crack in DC. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> Leave her alone. I have a degree in theater, actually. No, I have a degree. Oh, for real? Yes. I in theater? Mm-hmm. I oh. went to performing arts school, but so, yeah. So, like, but I read a lot of psychology books. I went to school. Well, I was, my I, psychology was, like, the thing that I was most excited about in college. It was my minor. And that was one of the things that I really studied and loved. And I just 
all the stuff you're saying is making so, yeah, so much sense. Because, it, because, you know, and that's why a lot of times I think as artists, when we become more mature, we learn not to internalize people's mm-hmm. issues. And I think that's what you Good grew from, you. from, you know, from no, your group yeah. to Hairspray. And then, you know, for me, for my record deal, yeah. you know, to doing TV, I had Good. to learn that as well. Yeah. Well, I am so happy and proud of you. That's Likewise. Because that's it. It's hard. I tell people. Nubian princesses when you, when, yes, when, when your career, like... <laughs> When, when your career falls apart, it's a heartbreak that no one can understand. Exactly. I know. But here we are, Okay. Girl. High five across the room. Nah, black women are so phony. Y'all had to see the high five. We are you not phony. You are phony. How are we phony? Because you're we supposed to touch hands. You cannot do no high five across the room. And I'm mad that both of y'all knew what to do. They was like, high five across the room. I mean, because it's a connection. thank you. Oh, man, yo. Exactly. How are we being phony? Okay, y'all. We don't know. I who did I go in on today on, on social oh God, media? Because I, I need to choose a new group tomorrow. You know I try to offend a group of people every other day. I think you've been talking a lot about people's Man Crush Mondays. You've been making uh, a lot Man Crush Mondays. And you made a joke about the girl with the, with the, with the train past. I've been... Yeah, I told, I told, I said, yo, <laughs> your MCM is ghost. He promote parties and snitch on people. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, he definitely said that. These well, niggas out here promoting parties, being reckless in the community. What's oh, wrong wow. with y'all? And Get you also back. said about the girls who make nine something dollars an hour, but they want the guy with the boat. Yeah, they, <laughs> listen, women, listen, chill mm. out. All right, mm. you make nine dollars an hour. You cannot be requesting that, that niggas <laughs> drive to work in a boat every day <laughs> and 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 give you a hundred thousand a week. You gotta relax. Like y'all, re- y'all asking <laughs> for too much. Like get a premium cable package first. And you then know work what your mean? way up. Is that yeah, work your way up. It's, it's steps to this shit. Like you understand. Like you don't even like you got to relax. Like that should be offending me because wow. I, I I I I I love. All y'all pretty broke chicks. I do. Oh God! <laughs> no, seriously, I really do. I see y'all. I'll be like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. And then this what I had to explain to my little man. I said, you cannot be dealing with these women no more. Come hang out with me and come deal with some women that can at least take care of themselves. To where you're yeah, not outside awesome. having to do crime to take care of a bitch. You understand what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. these bitches is broke and you broke, and now you got to do crime to take care of her ass. Oh my you Lord. understand? Now, this is a drastic situation that's going on in every community across America, especially in the hoods where niggas is trying to, where niggas got to act like they rich and shit like that. You mm, know what I mean? They, to, to, they to For women that got to act like they rich. You know what I mean? And it's like, when it, it's too many people who try to act like they rich, everybody ends up broken, broken. You understand? True. So what I'm saying, niggas, is... Y'all got to stop doing crime and enabling these broke women mm. to make them feel like they don't got to do nothing to survive. And then as soon as you go to jail, she leave you for your enemy or the mm. niggas you ain't like that much because he getting money. And then she got to keep going to find to get money, nigga, to survive through the rest of her, her life. And then when she get 27, she has the baby oh and then goodness. she ain't got no job history yeah. or a resume. So now she got to go find another nigga dick to suck all star weekend. You dig it? I'm saying hopefully John Wall take her. But he busy. But you know what I mean? I say all that to say this, man. You said a lot. Life's about progression. All right? Indeed. Go progress yourself, and then you can request progression from others. Oh, 100%. I agree with that. You understand? Stop. Stop it, broke women out there. I love y'all. You're beautiful, but you broke, and you broken. 
You understand? That's too many brokes together. You understand? You could be broke, but don't be broken. You broken too. You broke minded. You understand what I'm saying? You mm. sitting here, you sitting here pushing niggas out. Nigga coming back. Y'all niggas making three thousand dollars and then you go into the strip club to spend it on another broke chick and then the circle of life just keeps going. It's just brokenness. It's just mm. I made three thousand dollars, I gave away two thousand to the broke chick. She spent it so she could look rich. I came back in here to look like I'm rich. I broke again. She spent the money so she could look like she rich. Mm. Quit the shenanigans, beloved. You Nigga, I'm saying there's so much better you could do out here, nigga. Go get a business, you know, um, and, and, and just quit the fucking shenanigans. And bitch, stop requesting crazy shit from, from broke niggas. And you broke. You a broke bitch. That's why I've been calling women broke lately. I, I just started this because what I realized is that the women that was asking for everything was broke. I said, yo, this is crazy. I start running into these rich women. All they wanted was some drinks and sex. I was like, holy shit. Have I been distributing my penis in the wrong neighborhoods? You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. So, so now, and me personally, I don't have, I have nothing against um, um, paying for women with everything. You know what I mean? That's just how I was raised. But I have something wrong with a woman that's requesting a nigga have a certain amount of money or I do agree. certain things. I agree with and that. you can't. You can't get on the train tomorrow. You know what I mean? You got to chill. That's all I'm saying. It's nothing personal. And and my homegirl, Miko Grimes, stop paying for my bill when we go out. Like, I don't even be knowing yet. And she done slipped the card and, and I'm paid for the bill. And that should be offending me sometimes. I don't care if you rich. She think because she got seven cribs, she got to keep paying for this shit. I'm like, the mail was $70. Be just let me pay for this shit. You know what I mean? Let me go home and feel all right tonight. You dig what I'm saying? But, um. Thank you to all you motherfuckers. I just went on a rant again like I always do. Um, it makes you talk. Thank you to um, Newbie and Natori. Thank not you. In, in the building. Thanks Triple for having N. me. I appreciate y'all. Thanks to Sophie Green. Thank you for And she's not me. a um, BBC. <laughs> no. what, that's what it is? A BBC, yeah, the, right? Yes. The Bitter Bitch Crew? Yeah. Bitter Bitch Crew. No. And, and we lit. <laughs> Tax season. Be safe, though. You on Athletics.com. Always been a steady supporter of tax season. We appreciate them. We love them so much because they checks come on time and they like to spend a lot of money with me and they got durable sneakers. And guess what? They still fly. Listen, man, go to youandathletics.com and go get yourself some new Ewans, man. Back to school is here. The kids is going. The Christmas is coming more seriously than anything. But you know what's more serious than that? Thanksgiving is coming. And you know when Thanksgiving is coming, you got to dress better than your cousins you understand so be wise because that thanksgiving table gets kind of hectic when they looking at you wondering what you've been doing all year and what you've been doing in school and how work going and you don't come through with no fresh sneakers so go to you and and get 15 percent off use tax 15 to get 15 percent off at you and and also use you and tax hashtag to um track you down and i can know when you bought some and we can shout you out on the tax season podcast thank y'all so much god bless be safe though shout out to the god farin thank you to all my beloveds out there you know we in dc november 15th make sure you go get your ticket to taxseasonlive.com we um we just building a bridge to get over the bullshit right now you understand I am a professional podcaster. I want y'all to address me as such. You know, I'm going to keep stressing that. (laughs) The job. You work at it. Yo, you niggas, let me explain you something real fast, man. You know, because I've I've noticed, I've been been really watching. And, you know, I'm not the person because, I, you know, 
you know, as Noria tell you, other people a podcast, like, I always try to encourage people to podcast, you know what I mean? Make sure y'all go check out um, Passport Cuddy and Tahoe's podcast. That's Reality Bites on Twitter. They new podcast they have. They haven't even named it yet. But if you know Passport Cuddy on Twitter or Instagram or Reality Bites, he's big on Snapchat for his, like, his women rants he goes on and things of that nature. But um, go check their new podcast out. It's dope. And um, I, I just I just want to say that um, it's too many of you dudes out there who podcast are doing horrible, you know what I mean, and be coming at me. Like, son, I won't eat my nigga. I will actually embrace you, my nigga. Like, I will help you. I will retweet at your shit. I will retweet your shit if you need a retweet, you know what I mean? Like, I don't got nothing against y'all niggas, and I be reading some of the shit y'all be writing about me, and I be like, damn, like, this nigga really hates me, and he don't know why, but he know why. You dig what I'm saying? And listen, nigga, just like I said, like, my nigga, it's not, it's not like that for me, my nigga. Like, I'm trying to embrace the culture. I want people to make more podcasts and make the industry stronger. It's a new industry still, you know what I mean? And being part of a new industry in the beginning stages is, is real dope, you know what I mean? And I just so happen to be a part of the boom in, in the movement of podcasting, you know what I mean? Just like I said, I embrace it. I think more dudes should podcast, but I seen about three different podcasters today that had words for me or whatever. And like, oh, yeah, why did we give this dude a platform? What you mean we? What do you mean we? We ain't do shit, nigga. We ain't do nothing. We ain't do nothing, nigga. Let me explain something to you. I have never been liked because I'm opinionated and I tell truths that it can't stand with most people who live a lie. You understand? I understand that truth is a pillow that most of you people can't sleep on at night. You know what I mean? So it's hard for you to digest the things I say because it's so truthful and you live in a, in a bed of denial. You understand? I understand that. I do. I'm sorry, nigga. Get well. Get better. Hustle harder. Talk about some shit that people want to hear. Don't get mad at me because people listening to my podcast, evidently somebody's there that, that, that feels what I'm saying. They feel that there's some truth to what I'm saying. They understand it or they find it entertaining. Don't be mad, nigga. Don't be mad. That looks bad. That looks very bad, my nigga, especially when I ain't even trying to come for you. Like, I could see if I was trying to comfort you, I could assassinate you. You know what I mean? But it's like, why would I care about that, my nigga? Like, come on, it's not that serious. Like, why I care about that? Like, nigga, like, listen, let's make the culture stronger. I say support each other until we really become competition. Because just like I told motherfuckers before, motherfuckers ain't competing with the real top podcasters. Niggas is black trying to compete with each other in the black circle. Like, that. that's not the biggest circle. We got to attack the whole shit, motherfucker. This shit bigger than Nino Brown, beloved. But you just want to be pooky. Y'all niggas got to grow up. Seriously, nigga. This shit is bigger than... This shit is about us, my nigga. I listen to Solange album every day, my nigga. Drink green juice, do pull-ups, and pray. And niggas want to bother me. I don't understand, my nigga. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Let's push the culture forward, my nigga. Let's go hard, my nigga. Let's not, let's not play around. Let's go hard. This shit is serious, my nigga. But um, I say all that to say this. You here, this tax season. We got Michelle here. 
the sex expert once again. The sexpert. The sexpert. The sexpert once again. And I brought her on today because I really, you know, have been, um, I've been pulled back and forth on the meanings of rape culture. And rape culture to me is something that I really wanted to know about because it seemed like things that I might have thought was common or regular was a part of rape culture. So, you know, I asked Fran from the Friend Zone podcast about it and um she gave me um her definition and explanation of what it was and I was like, Okay, I understand it now. I moved on. But then today someone sent me a chart of what rape culture is. Mm-hmm. And before I fully read the chart, I want to say I know that this chart was made very recently for one reason, because one description of rape culture on here is locker room talk, mm. which just became popular. Um, Buzzword. Last week. Buzzword. You know, so let me read some of the things on this chart. Explicit violence is at the top. It says rape, incest, battery, murder. I understand that. Um, Removal of autonomy, dosing, statutory rape, sexual coercion, groping, safe word violations, covert condom removal. Mm. What is safe word violations? That's a really great question. So a safe word is a word that you use um, when you do sexual acts that might be a little bit beyond the normal purview or, you know, I just hit it from the back. We got that good fucking going. It might be more around uh, BDSM or uh, some things that are more aggressive. So a safe word is a word that would entail everything stop Mm -hmm. Um, because sometimes you want to not say stop. And there's a space for that, but there has to be consent, right? So a safe word allows you a one word that shuts the sexual act down. So it could be cat. Mm-hmm. I always suggest a one-syllable word because if you're into choking or asphyxiation, you need to be able to get the word out quickly. All right. This is the, that's the weird parts of sex that I have never reached. Because maybe you haven't explored them. I know what covert condom removal is. Because mm-hmm. when I when I read that, I was like, that's definitely rape. Because if you take a condom off or something during sex and a person gets an STD or something or, you know. A pregnancy. Pregnancy or something. That is, that is a form of rape. So a woman could do that to a man too? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, that was one of the big things that I, that I had with the whole conversation was why doesn't this stand for women? I think that it should. I think we have to have conversations about it. And it's tough conversations to have. Mm-hmm. I think that um, it makes people uncomfortable when you bring it up because they see reflections of themselves in the behavior. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, I, it, like me. Let's, it, so, yeah, mm-hmm. it says, it says cat calls. Mm. So when I heard that, I'm like, damn, like. I'm the king of saying something when a woman walks by. You and know so, what I mean? So, so to have that name, rape culture, attached to something that I do, mm. I felt offended because right. I needed to know 
how catcalling could be a part of something called rape culture. Well, because it can, it's, it's the idea of sexual harassment. For a woman, rape is not about sex. It's about power and control. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is, um, the act of it is usually sexual, but it's a sexual aggression. It makes a woman feel uncomfortable, less than demoralized. And I understand that, you know, I've had this conversation with so many men. Like, well, she should like a woman to th- say she's attractive in a street. There's one way to do that, and then there's another. So this evening, as I was waiting on the car to come, I was standing out. You know, I dressed to go to dinner afterwards. I might meet some friends in the city. And two men came up and said, you look amazing. Now, these were older gentlemen. You know, I live on a neighborhood block. And um, they were very polite, and I was like, thank you so much, and they kept it moving. But there have been other times when I've walked around, and men have been like, hey, girl, hey. And if I just am like, hey, got to go, they're like, fuck you, bitch. Mm-hmm. So do you see the see the difference of how you can approach a woman and tell her she looks beautiful? Or do you feel like you really might have been that, hey, hey, girl, hey, hey? But I'm saying, even if I said, hey, hey, girl, how is that rape culture? Because it's unwanted attention. How do you know she wanted that attention? I don't want all that. How do you know she wanted you to say, hey, hey, girl? Mm-hmm. If Let me ask you this. If a unattractive, very large, um, burly, not attractive to you individual called you in the street, hey, hey, mm-hmm. hey, boy, would you feel uncomfortable? I, I, I feel uncomfortable all the time. I, I told somebody recently I was somewhere get, like getting dressed, like some doing some TV shit or something, and like the girl said something to me, and I was like, it kind of made me un- uncomfortable, and then it made me think like, yo, Chicks probably be really be uncomfortable when dudes say shit to them in the street. Now I understand that, but what I'm saying is, how do we get the word rape in there? Like, rape is such a serious offense, and when it's put on somebody, it's hard to get it off of them. I've seen dudes in the street who got rape charges and won in court, but they just still known as a rapist. You know what I mean? As they should be. I mean. A rape is an is an act where someone takes um, from a woman um, their their sexuality physically and aggressively. And I think when you think about rape culture, what you want to think about is the idea of minimalizing the behavior of men to justify. So they use things like slut shaming to minimize the behavior. Boys will be boys. It's locker room talk. Um, she she was wearing no panties so I can say things to her, which can further, you know, lessen the idea that a victim has been victimized sexually. Hold on, pardon me. I had to check a message. It was an important one. Yeah, it was. That's okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just, you know, as as a whole, you know, it just... It's it's so confusing, like, and it seems like it's just new rules that's being put upon you. Like, I understood most of the shit on there, like, you know, grabbing somebody. Groping, you know, I just grabbed her in the pussy. But I think that if, if, if we're going to have this conversation, we have to have it in an equal way. Like, when we talked about this before, I really started to think about what do women do to play into rape culture as well? We do it by slut shaming. 
oh, that girl probably deserved it. She probably wanted to be assaulted by him. Nah, that's wrong too. And I remember, and I've said culture. that as a younger. I have said that. I can't act like I I've before seen the I didn't news know. And said, why was she right? dressed like that? Hello, I I can't say in the past when I wasn't evolved when I didn't have a better understanding. I I probably I know I said things like that too, mm-hmm. and I know even in the work that I do now, I'm still learning. And I think it's through these conversations and this kind of discourse that we look at it, we dissect it. There's so many. I mean, the the word rape culture was, again, a 1970s feminist term mm. that um, said that women it, it used the language of victim blaming and slut shaming to justify aggressive behavior and a violent sexual behavior on women by men. It's locker room talk. It's the same concept. So now... We just have to continue to unpack that. But we all do things sometimes that would fall under the purview of rape culture. What I'm saying is that I I believe in my heart wholeheartedly that they got to chop some shit out of if if this is the definitions of rape culture, if right. this is it. Because it's like how? Like, you know, somebody said somebody said, Oh, you never heard how cat calling could lead to rape and I was like I've been catcalling my whole life. It has never led to rape. I don't think, <laughs> but it's not about leading to rape. Mm-hmm. It's the idea of having a language or even justifying the behavior. Nobody should be catcalled at if they didn't want to be catcalled. But how do you know somebody want to be catcalled? This is what I keep hearing. They like you're not getting the consent. Another woman said today that rape culture was complimenting a woman without consent. I said, so I I have to say. I think that's like, I think we're minimalizing it. To me, it's the idea of minimalizing over-sexualization and hyper-sexualization. But what we have to understand is this has been deeply rooted in us since the beginning of our childhood. The idea of consent should start with children, but we don't teach them that. So it's, the lines get blurred. And I think that you have to just, you have to think about the things we say to children, the gender roles that we put out there. I, um, I, I can't stress enough. When you were younger, did your mom ever say, oh, give her a hug or give him a hug? Mm-hmm. Right? So the idea of that, that we're telling a child to give somebody else a hug, is not thinking about what they want. Right? So if you do that for years and years and years, and you top that with conversations of boys will be boys or oh girl on the playground they the boys sometimes push the girls because they like you remember that one yeah, yeah, yeah. they only be fighting because they like each other that's justifying violence against women and aggressive behavior against women and that is how we get raised to think catcalling should be okay and we're at this space now is there again a way to compliment people on the street yes Maybe somebody does want you to cat call them, but how do we know that? We won't know. It's a murky gray area, to be honest with you. These kinds of conversations can go on and on. So like I said, is that cat calling that's going on under Idris Elba's photos right now? Absolutely. I went to look. I went to look. Can, I had to look. look it's, it's sexualization. So we're, we're taking a man's physique. We're taking his body. We're taking what is physically fit mm-hmm. and sexualizing it. And be like, ooh, I want to I wanna give it to him. And that is a form. But we also, I think, have become accustomed to putting ourselves out there to be hypersexualized. 
Think about little Halloween costumes. Halloween is around the corner. And I promise you, last year I was looking up Halloween costumes, and they had a sexy corn. A sexy corn? You want me to wear a mini dress that looks like a motherfucking corn on the cob? <laughs> and they call me sexy corn. So people all night can be like, mm, girl, mm-hmm. put some butter on you and take a bite out of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's this over-sexualization. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, but we've programmed. We're programmed. It's called the cycle of socialization. We've been socialized to believe that this is just some guy's talk. Okay, but it now. doesn't just happen in head. Hold on. Mm-hmm. This is the other thing. So I think the evolution of this conversation of rape culture has to go beyond the 1970s feminist version because it was the aggression of men against women. I think we just have to say the aggression of people against people because we can't discredit either women on men or men on women or men on men or men on women and women on women, you know, whether it's a heterosexual or um, homonormative relationship, we have to keep that into consideration. Understandable. Now we have, I understand all of it. Well, the only one I didn't understand was where did you get this? Where did you get somebody tweeted this chart to me today and it says it's from the principal consent. I don't know what that is. I got to look this shit up because I know that the shit was just made because it has locker room talk in in the list. Well, I think there's a lot of examples of... What is locker room talk? That's what we want to talk about. And I want to say, as a man, yes, what Donald Trump said about locker room talk is real. And I don't know about a lot in a locker room because I don't be speaking to niggas in no locker rooms. But... <laughs> um. Because the old white motherfuckers being there butt-ass naked. They really try to have a conversation with you butt-ass. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, what is wrong with you, nigga? But anyway, so, um, but what I'm getting from that is it could be just men being men talking amongst each other. But is But men being men talking amongst each other, is that something that can breed aggressive sexual? Listen. I'm just saying. Let me finish. Let me okay. finish what I was going to say, right? We're hanging out as men. We're talking about having sex with women, wanting to have sex with certain women, right? They said, this is rape culture. I said, how? Women don't do that? Okay. Women don't speak about men they want to have sex with? Like, No, it's not they that. They don't speak the, about this, sexual here's acts? A, here's the deal. The situation with Donald Trump specifically, as I have come to understand it and what I heard, was that it was aggressive, unwanted sexual attention i just grab a pussy Mm -hmm. and then he talked about he didn't necessarily have to ask that's where it becomes a problem oh no no i know i know you see what i'm saying but But i was just clearing up the the phrase at all like niggas not in locker rooms niggas not talking amongst each other talking about rape ain't nobody sitting there like yo i'm gonna rape her like i've never heard that in my life this is why i get mad when i hear shit talking about men be talking about ain't what men like i I remember it was a group of boys in brownsville who kenneth montgomery represented who's always on the show and it was a group of boys, and they said these three or four boys all raped a girl in a park together. And something about her father being the elder. Some weird shit. You can go look this shit up. It's real. Kenneth Montgomery represented them. Long story short, when I read it, they said that the boys spoke about like going to rape the girl beforehand, and I knew the shit was false. Because I said, ain't no 
four retarded people, crazy motherfuckers sitting. You just don't find four motherfuckers that want to rape somebody. You understand? Seriously. I understand rapes that happen where it's four men or five men raping a woman where they drunk at a party and they do some retarded shit thinking they can run a train on a woman because she's drunk or some shit like that or she unconscious. I remember a cop friend of mine that I know was rubbing a bitch ass while she was laying in and throw up, rubbing her ass, like lifted her skirt. And I said, what the fuck are you doing, nigga? And I never forgot. I said, this nigga's a cop. I'm like, nigga, I would never do no shit like that. And you a cop doing it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the, the moral of it is, is that you know i feel like it's certain things that have to be placed in your brain in order for you to be a rapist you know what i mean in order for you to want to take sex from somebody like like what i don't think it's for like people that you could just have a conversation with like yo we going to rape some bitches tonight but like, has this happened you just told me about it with a cop friend no that's but, sexual that, assault no what i'm saying is that that is sexual assault but it wasn't like we spoke about it and it was okay he but, did it. It was one other motherfucker. Then it was, yo, what the fuck are you doing? But the thing is, is that that is a person that is supposed to be an upstanding citizen. And in his mind, he felt like that motherfucker is supposed to protect and serve. And you're telling me that he had the mind frame to rub on ass and lift a girl's skirt up while he was she was face down in, in her vomit. Yeah, that's that what is I rape knew. culture. Because Th- no, that's 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 I want to rape somebody. That's no, not rape like he, culture. Like, it is. Because he, I would rape that because for you to even look at that in any sexual manner while she was stink and laying in throw up, something is wrong with you. You know what I mean? Like you that mean you'll you'll fuck anything dead. You know what I mean? To me. Well, I think the other thing is you have to understand, again, rape mm-hmm. is not about the sexual act. It's about inflicting power mm-hmm. over someone else. Right? So similarly to how a cop would rub the ass of a girl drunk is it not flexing power that a cop would shoot somebody in the back as they ran from them this is the culture mm-hmm. it is a violent culture the different i think rape culture is the idea of vi- of a violent sexual act on someone and that is what somebody rubbing your ass when you're face down in puke and he has taken a solemn oath to protect and serve and it happens more times than not it, and, and when you think about things like sex workers do you the the rates that women that are sex workers are sexually assaulted mm. are alarming, but oftentimes their stories are not heard because they're sex workers, right? And I think that that is the idea that well, it's okay because they live this certain life. We can throw them away. I don't think that that's fair for anybody, any human. And I think that rape culture is the idea that we can minimize that. Oh, that's rape culture. Oh, they're they're prostitutes. Oh, th- what did you wear to that party uh, for him to want to touch you mm-hmm. or aggressively come on to you? It's the minimalization. It's taking away the severity of somebody who's experienced assault. If we, like, would we ever go, what was he wearing to be shot? Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that. And, you know, that's something I thought about on the way here to do this show. I thought about that whole concept because I said, when I was younger, I do remember saying some shit like, yo, why the fuck would she wear that out? You know what I mean? And well, do you think what a woman might wear could turn a predator on? Dicey question. But absolutely, I think uh, it could turn a predator on. Because I put it in, before you go any further, I, I just compared it to different crimes. I said, 
a robber would rob somebody if they have something expensive on. You know what I mean? Then I said, um, if you like scared of somebody or something like that, they might have dark colors on or trying to cover themselves. You know what I mean? So I put it in like different things to try to understand what a, what a whole idea will come from. And I said, I do understand it. But, and I also do understand you, them saying, you can't say, that's why she got raped. She got raped because that motherfucker's a rapist. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But at the same time, you have to be able to look at it at different levels. So it's a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Because when you think about, we're talking about the idea of sexualization. And all of these things have a spectrum. So if I flirt with somebody, I am using my sexuality to get what I want, to get the attention. Mm-hmm. But on, this, on the exact pendulum of the other side is... The idea that what I'm doing could turn someone on that would want to hurt me. I'm not wrong for wanting to express myself sexually in what I wear or how I flirt. But that person, if they want to take advantage of that, that's crazy. You just said it. That's that person's sick. So I think we have to really look at that on all different levels. From the idea of what someone, would we judge someone for what they wear? And how are we teaching young people that's the idea so if we're at this age and we're starting to question this and you knew at your young age like oh i remember when i was younger i said that how do we reframe this to teach somebody else to be more evolved no you just you just teach them the ways and that's why i was asking today on social media about rape culture i was trying to get answers and i was like getting battered for trying to look for answers i was asking questions and people was like how could you you have a platform i said what how could i educate motherfuckers i'm asking a question and then it was the questions that i might have knew the answer to but it's to educate the motherfuckers that send my mentions that don't know because it was a nigga that said Everywhere I go, I grope women. I'm like, well, nigga, you know, um, that's a problem. That's an issue, my nigga. Like, <laughs> like you oh can't no, do that. You know what I mean? That. Yeah. So that's why I was retweeting certain things because I'm like, that. That wasn't for me. I do know the answer to that, but I'm just asking it for those who don't. You know what I mean? I use my platform to educate on all different scales. You know what I mean? So when I seen people saying that, I'm like, yo, you motherfuckers don't care about what's being said. You don't want to look at it. You just want to say this is what it is and you don't want anybody to debate you or try to find the answers on it or try to make it right. Because just like I said, I've never had nothing in my life or inkling or nothing that ever made me want to rape something. You know what I mean? So having something that I do, like catcalling a woman walking by, call, yo, what's good, gorgeous face? You know what I mean? Walking behind a woman laughing. Like I didn't, I didn't understand how that could be a part of rape culture. The word rape is what hurts me more than anything so when i heard people like oh well how can't you just stop doing it because a woman doesn't like it i was like well us women to do shit to me that i don't like what you mean like i don't feel like i'm gonna rape her you know what i mean by complimenting her like i ain't you know what i mean i didn't understand that so now i'm sitting here and it's like yo women don't do this women don't cat call do women we? don't speak in private about men about sex that they have have you not I mean, that, I think that we all do this, and that's why I'm talking about a spe- like this spectrum. No, you have to take that shit out of there. That is not rape culture because you're not sitting there thinking about raping nobody. But, I'm damn sure ain't sitting there thinking okay. about no raping nobody. But the, like I, that's why I'm like, don't put that. That word is so that's it's dangerous. Aggressive. That's aggressive. I think it takes away. Just like we were just talking to Dustin, 
from um, Friend Zone podcast, and he was just talk- saying situation. He said the same thing. He said he think adding all of those extra things on to the word rape weakens what the real th- meaning of rape is. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it's rape ev- is serious. It's, like but, that's not no joke. No, it's an, it's definitely not. But I think it's an evolution of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that. I you, think so part- you think from these behaviors things grow? Yes. Holy I've seen shit! It. I mean, I've seen it happen, but this is you- what. I've seen I've seen a progression of and this is why I said how are we educating a younger group because the dude who's telling you I go everywhere I go mm-hmm. I grope somebody who did you learn that from that is a learned behavior that is not something you just come out the womb talking about I'm ass grabbing. You're not doing that. You're learning it, and you're learning it from a young age, and you're learning it from the music, and you're learning it from the TV. So I think us continuing this conversation, and yes, this is what I've been saying, is how does a woman's space fit into rape culture? How are they responsible for slut-shaming other women, cat-calling men, um, um, you know, t- trying to take advantage of men when they're drunk? Like, let's not act like it doesn't happen. And we should be talking about all of it because we cannot end it unless we can create a safe space for men like you, men like Dustin, to come to the table and talk about it. Does it mean we change the language? Then we change the language. Mm-hmm. But we need to understand the scope of it and the range of it. And we and I think so for me, what I'm hearing is, is to continue this idea of uh, sexual reproductive justice, which is the idea that every person should have the power and the resources to make decisions about their bodies, their sexuality, and their reproduction. And if they don't want to reproduce, but they need to have equitable space to do that and get what they need. That includes information. And sometimes information comes through these kinds of conversations. And it comes from people like you talking to your people and coming to the table and redefining what it is we're trying to change. But yes, I have seen people who see at a young age, oh, somebody can slut shame someone. They then will connect it on later to be like, that girl was drunk, she wanted me. Because oftentimes in these situations, it's not a stranger, it's somebody that is a lot closer to the individual than one might think. And it happens casually. It's not, people ain't running out the bushes Law and Order SVU style jumping people in the park. I mean, it does happen, and those are tragic, and all sexual assaults are tragic. Mm-hmm. But more than not, it's the idea of consent. Do you have consent? And and I think that there are varying degrees, and I think that what's that is what rape culture and is trying to show you. The consent thing, right? A woman that was attacking me earlier said, before I kiss my man, I ask him, can I kiss him? Yes, that's, that's sexy. Can I kiss you? I know what, though. Let me be real with you, because I did a social experiment. To your man? Can I be real with you? I did a social experiment. I was dating. I went on, like, three dates in a matter of two weeks. And at the end of each date, I asked the man, can I kiss you now? And let me tell you, how many people do you think said no? A lot. Because it made the man feel uncomfortable. But I was just trying to respect the idea of consent and also try to teach him that I wanted them to respect my boundaries. Mm-hmm. So instead of me ending up in a situation where it was like, oh, no, that wasn't supposed to go down. I'm trying to path a new way, but it takes conversation. And sometimes those are uncomfortable. So a couple people didn't want to kiss me. Oh, well. There it is. Because I ask, I don't need you then. Sex should never be silent. 
Yo, you know what's crazy, right? I remember a girl I was dealing with for like six months and I didn't have sex with her. We would link up, be in each other's account, whatever, whatever. And I, I never, I never had sex with her. And then, um, one day she just like told me like a fake story, I guess, to give me a hint. You understand? And she, she <laughs> did it turn you on? Nah, I, I felt like I wanted to um slap upside her head. Like, shut up! <laughs> but <laughs> you are crazy. Nah, but she was like, she was like, um, yeah, I remember I was dealing with this this guy, and um. He never would. He never would try me. So I just never did anything with him because I like aggressive men. And like I was like, slap the ass. You know what I mean? Oh my! And, and then it was popping you. from there. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that I'm to the point with it where I'm. I don't even care about being that aggressive with you. Like, and when I'm in a woman, I be aggressive with women in the street. When I meet them, when I like a woman, I'm aggressive. I'm like, hey, what's going on? I growl. You know what I mean? I might growl? Sn- yeah, I might sniff her curly hair. I love to sniff hair. Is that assault? Because I be sniffing it, the shit it, out of weaves. I'm going to be honest. That is, it's creepy. I'm a, a professional little... weave sniffer. Creepy. I'm out here sniffing. Them little, the little natural curly hair chicks with the shea butter. All day. Sniff God. That can be a little creepy. Be safe, creepy. though. What if, I, what if someone came up to you and was like, oh, I love smelling his beard. I would have just, I would have felt so like opulent <laughs> but but what if it was not in it like what if it was not somebody that was you would be attracted no, to no no I, I understand that but what i'm saying is that you know i feel that certain things should just not have the word rape attached to it i was in prison mm, right right and this guy that was my um he was like right next door to me and i didn't know how to roll weed for years so i would just give this guy my weed and be like oh, roll me mad blunts and keep some for yourself right so we used to talk and kick it, and this nigga really became a, like a dude that I was really close with. Like, I just, he just was a cool, smart motherfucker, you know what I mean? Long, long story short, you know, when you in jail, you got to check people what they in jail for. So I sent his DIN number to my mom's or something like, yo, type this in the computer, tell me what he locked up for. He was locked up for rape. So when she told me he was locked up for, he was locked up for like a I don't want to say it's rape, rape, but rape, rape, rape. You know what I mean? Like rape in the first very, degree. Like very violent. Rape in the first degree. Like yeah. the, old, the the strongest rape you could have. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm like, what? So I'm like fucked up because I'm like, yo, you know, I think about it. I never talked to him about why he was in jail. You know what I mean? So I go back to the shit and then I'm like moving funny with him for like two, three days. And then I think he got the vibe. And then he just started telling me his story. Yo, bro, yo, you did text? Like, knocking on the wall, and I wasn't answering him. He knocked again. I was like, yo, I'm going to hit you in a second. I'm listening to this um this tape. <laughs> <laughs> I got mm. Nigga knocked again. Long story short, more of the story was, the nigga told me he's a rapist, right? And he's going to keep raping people when he gets out of jail. That is creepy. That is, and that, but the thing is, is that. So, I say that to say this. Is jail, is it? Is it not a mental thing to be a rapist or is it a want? You understand what I'm saying? Because he told me he can't stop. I think that there is varying degrees. And I think that we need to remember that this is very triggering stuff. 
for some people, people who have experienced sexual assault, people who mm. are co-survivors of sexual assault. So um, we want to be respectful, but there definitely is a range. There are serial rapists. Mm. There is some literature out there and some studies out there that talk about um, the kind of people who do serial premeditated, very kind of violent things. And that is a mental disorder, but it's really about power and control. Right. It's about the power, taking someone's power. And sex is the most intimate act two people can do. So it's about having power and control in a very intimate place, which makes people very, very vulnerable. Um, and so someone like that, I, I would hope that there would be some type of mental health uh, rehabilitation, but it doesn't sound like that. But the person has to register. And that's why we make sex offenders register, because you need to know where they are. So what makes what makes a man? Like any rapist, like that's what I always wanted to understand. Cause see, that's why I'm, that's why I didn't understand certain things that was in the rape culture thing. Cause I'm like, what do they mean? Like they mean these are like triggers to rape. Because I'm like, the it, dude that I was in prison with told me he's sick. He said it, I'm sick and I can't stop. But the thing is, is that it's not about um, rape culture and the idea of attaching it to things like catcalling and street mm -hmm. harassment. It's not about. Um, the it's it's not about the actual rape it's not about that it's the act of rape it's the mm -hmm. minimalization of what a victim experiences and a victim can be somebody who's walking down the street that feels uncomfortable when you smell their hair mm -hmm. for whatever reason and maybe it has nothing to do with you maybe they experienced a sexual assault from someone else no, but I, see, you don't I, I, see, know that. I see what you're saying. I see what you're you saying. You know what I mean? So I think that you have to, like, there is varying degrees of what sexual assault is. And it can just be, and it can happen to men too. It can make men feel uncomfortable. Maybe Morris Chestnut feels uncomfortable with some of those comments. He probably do. You know, anytime a woman, like, switches the tables, you do, you do, it do throw you for the loop sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, any any motherfucker out there that have had an aggressive woman, that like, I remember the first time I had, like, an aggressive chick with sex. Like, I was, like, scared for a minute. I was like, what the fuck? Like, right. I just never experienced it like that. Like, I guess I always was the aggressor or had to be. Right. So having a, a, a woman that was, like, Yo, lay down. You know what I mean? You're like, huh? <laughs> right. I was like, I'm not no hoe. But that was <laughs> oh, crazy. But, you know, I think also you have to understand that culturally, rape culture mm -hmm. is the things we see in media, the situations where Brock Turner gets out of jail in three months. Mm -hmm. That's the idea. And the judge, what did the judge say? Something about, oh, he's had it rough enough in, in, in wherever he was. Yeah. Why would they minimalize a victim's experience because oh he's had it too rough uh the that's i think the I, those ideas or saying that a victim is lying because they want money from someone the idea that people are saying oh well these women are probably lying the the numbers of false reporting on something like sexual assault i believe is less than two percent i believe it is less than two percent um in and then beyond that, if somebody does false accuse someone of sexual assault, I think that they should pay a consequence because it doesn't help the mission and it doesn't help move us forward to a safer space for all people with more equitable opportunities to express their sexuality. Mm -hmm. I should be able to express my sexuality without fear of being slut-shamed, being minimalized, being diminished. Now, I definitely understand slut-shaming, you know what I mean? For a minute it took me... 
it took me a little while to like truly understand it, but I, I definitely understand slut shaming because it comes from women too. It comes from yes, all sides. It comes from all people. Yeah, yeah, it comes from all people. But you know, at first, it seemed like they were trying. I thought they were trying to like only direct it to men. Exactly, and, and oftentimes that happens. We don't leave a space sometimes for you to have a voice and understand. Yeah, and and as you saw when you tweeted this out, and people kind of came for you. You are asking a question. You are looking for clarity, which means you're ready to come to the table and have these hard conversations. I'm always ready to come and, to the table and, and talk, the, nigga. I want to be the smartest nigga. Why I don't want to <laughs> learn? You do. But, <laughs> but, and, and, I'm, and, and that's the thing. I think sometimes people think, oh, he's making a judgment call. And it's not that you're, you're asking a question. Mm-hmm. You don't know. We as a society have not done a good job of teaching each other what consent and boundaries are. Right. I have not even heard of rape culture until like two years ago. Right. Right. So you just said rape culture came from the 70s. Like this is new to me because nobody taught you in school. And you know why? Because it didn't matter. Because when you think about it, especially with women of color, we've been sexually marginalized since the beginning of time. Mm. And we continue to do it. And now we hypersexualize ourselves trying to be like other races who have again you know, gotten what they've gotten done, done to emulate the hypersexualization of the black woman throughout history. Mm. They want it's it's the idea that and and women of color, not just you know, black women, women of color all around the world have been sexually experienced sexual oppression and reproductive oppression. Throughout history, historically, women have only been seen as chattel for men. The idea of sexual pleasure for men. That is why rape culture is so hard to understand. It is uncomfortable because it is so deeply rooted in our human existence that we don't know what to think when we look in the mirror and see ourselves spewing back out rape culture on each other. It's 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 the Think about the idea, and this has been brought up on Twitter many times, the idea if President Obama had said something like Donald Trump. He would have been a thug. He would have been a predator. He would have been all of these things. When we think about how it's all boiling down to not having tough conversations about where we come from, intersectionality, the intersection of our race, our class, our educational experience growing up. Mm -hmm. Systemics is real. And a lot of it is rooted in sex and sexuality, but we don't talk about it. So it's hard for us to connect the dots because they want to keep us in that space. Uneducated. You know, I never knew. You know, I always knew sexism existed. I always knew that women didn't get as much money as men in most fields. And, I had a conversation with Jay-Z and he said, we was talking about like different things and he just, and we was talking about oppression and he said, you know, the only other people that have been more oppressed than black people as a whole are women. As a whole are women. Because yeah, it, and I didn't, and when he first said it, I didn't get it all away. But I, when I really started like really studying, I was like, holy shit. Like it's true. Like a black president got in, you know, and that was a hurdle. You know what I mean? 
the woman is what they really don't. You know what I mean? Like, right. And I and and you know, I'm not gonna say I I uh, um I think that when we look at Hillary in this election, because rape culture is a part of this election. It just mm-hmm. is. Um, I think that a part of sometimes why people are like, oh, she's a she's a liar. She's a scoundrel. She's a this. She's a politician. And if she was a man, we wouldn't probably think anything about the emails because she is not she is playing like men play. She is playing hardball. And I think that we look at that and because it doesn't fit the gender norms of what we see as women. Right. Because she's not demure enough. Then we have a way to, oh, she's bad. She's bad. She's a liar. She's a scoundrel. She's a cheat. Because she, it's easy for us because she says what she wants. Similarly to women, they're sexually assertive. They say what they want. Oh, she's a slut. But why? If I'm telling you what I want, I know what I want. I want to be safe. I want to enjoy sex. I want to wear a miniskirt from time to time. But that doesn't give a man the right to say, I went up and grabbed her pussy because it has happened to me at a bar because she wanted it. No, I definitely, I understand that. Like, you know what I mean? I understand groping is wrong. I understand, because um, somebody said cat cat calling, and then they was like, no, cat calling to following the woman for blocks. And yes. I said, hell yeah, that's wrong. Like, I, I'm just saying, like, you know, some of the shit is like, how don't you know it's not wrong? But what is catcalling? That's why we that's have That's what I don't know. This is what I'm trying to say because I do catcalling. I thought that that's what I do. What and when it? I found out it was rape coach, I said, no, nigga. What I do is not no rape. What? So what? if I was walking down the street, what would you say? Well, maybe not me. If you see an attractive woman, what I don't are you know. Because I, I always say weird shit. So I might have complimented your, your elbows. I would have been like, oh, you know, those are some beautiful elbows just to make you laugh. You know what I mean? Because my mama told me when I was a child, if you make a woman crack a smell, you could crack her ass. So oh, I've just Lord. been running with the motto ever since. I've just been a funny nigga ever since I found that out. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so I would have said something like that. You know what I mean? But I wouldn't have followed. I don't be following people. Like, follow. Like, I'm like, what is that? What if like, you just happen to be walking behind that them? That nigga should be happy if I follow y'all on social media, man. Because I don't follow nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. But I think, like, the idea is if you're just, it, it, yo, there's a polite way. I might respond to someone saying, hey, your elbows are attractive as not a cat call but rather someone trying to get my attention in a polite way. But she, they say any comp, any unwarranted I don't think all compliment. women believe that. I don't think all That's women That's what I need to know. That. This is what I'm trying to say. Like, cause like, yo, if I find out that all the women is saying, nigga, yes, you wrong, I'm going to be like, okay, I am wrong. Because I'm like, as far as I knew, this was cool. I think we're just. Like, I've gotten great opportunities off catcalling. You know what I mean? But I think we're we're in a space where we're just redefining what the language looks like. Because like mm-hmm. I said, you come and compliment me about my elbows and I find myself I feel like I'm a feminist. I would not be offended. Mm-hmm. But it's the people who are like, I think comments like, hey, beautiful smile. Like that's a, like, why are you telling me to do something? Do you see that you kind of see the uh, difference? I see, but rape culture. But it's using your power to try to get me to do something mm-hmm. that you would like because you find me sexual you are sexualizing my smile oh beautiful smile i didn't maybe i'm having a really fucked up day and i need not to fucking smile (laughs) pardon my language but you get my point like i don't and and it's the idea of hey girl hey hey what you ain't gonna talk to me 
Oh, you think you're too good for me? Now what are you trying to do? Guilt me into doing something? Talking to you? I think that's the idea. It's the idea of using a power to make somebody feel uncomfortable. And the idea that, think about it like this, the idea of a marketing, rape culture, the idea of a marketing company using sexually explicit images in denigrating, like images of women in egregious or disgusting or non-consensual sexual for their own advertisement. I went to, um, I once saw an ad with a girl who looked like she had been giving a blowjob so hard that the mascara had run and her lipstick was smeared. So the, 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 the way that people will use marketing and it hypersexualizes women in a denigrating or non-consensual fashion is crazy because it reinforces. Look at porn. And but listen, is this only about women? This is what no, I keep it's about, asking. No, it's about all of us. All even right. some of these ads, and thank you for calling me on that because I think even in my space sometimes I need to be more inclusive. This is about trans people. This is about gay people. This is about lesbians. This is about bisexual people. This is about pansexuals, demisexuals. These are about sapiosexuals. These are about polyamorous people. It's about people, you know, sexually and aggressively using power to try to manipulate situations to their benefit. And there is a spectrum. And and I think we have to remember that. The other, the other um, thing they had in, in, in the rape culture, um, chart. It says homophobia slash transphobia. Yes, rape culture, because it doesn't it's... fit the norms that we have been taught since we were, since we have come up. Remember, we talked about the cycle of socialization. You were about to say, so explain this. How is homophobia? Yes. Because it's the idea that they don't fit the normal, right? And the only thing that is okay, right, is a man and a woman having sex. And who are you to say that? You know, just recently, I think like a How week. How is that rape culture, though? Because, again, it is forcing, um, it is the idea of minimalizing a sexual experience, a violent sexual experience, and to these people, being heteronormative is not what they want. So you're saying you're slut-shaming them, in essence. Oh, your lifestyle is bad because you're homosexual. That's slut-shaming. Slut-shaming is the idea that you are, they don't fit into what you consider morally acceptable. And then using that to take away their power, to take away their rights. Homophobia. You shouldn't be able to have equal rights in marriage because you're gay people. That is slut shaming. You're taking away somebody's rights. You, you are infringing on someone's freedom through a sexualized form. That's all it is. You know, trans people are dying in these streets and we don't want to talk about them because they're being ki- trans sisters. are Black trans sisters are dying in these streets, but we don't want to talk about it because it's uncomfortable. We want to slut shame them. We want to say, you chose that lifestyle, so you deserve what you get. Nobody deserves to be assaulted. Nobody deserves to be attacked violently in any way because of what they want to do sexually. That's the point. No, I, I agree. I agree. I agree to that. I agree to that. But it's just like, you know, I feel like when you start adding all these things that like, I, like what the fuck is going on with you niggas? Like, I feel like the United States of America are harboring um, the the most sensitive people in the world right now because they keep adding things to, like, I feel like to a list of, like, everything that you do is, like, internet bullying now. 
Like, somebody said something to me, and then I went in on him for three tweets, and, like, he really was like, I cannot believe you're internet bullying me. I said, nigga, you started with me. I was what do you mean? Like, how sensitive are you? You attacked me. I attacked you back, and you said I'm internet bullying you? He made me think about it. Like, am I? Like, <laughs> I mean, I can't. I didn't see that, but I can say that I think we are hypersensitive, but maybe mm. it's not hypersensitivity. Maybe we're just more conscious. Mm. Maybe we have started to remove the veil <laughs> mm-hmm. of, of you know, ideals that are old world. and Well, maybe niggas should toughen up. You know why? Because mm. Trump is running for president. You understand? And in the world where that can happen, you got to understand you got to be tough out here. Make sure you go get your gator skin on. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You need that skin. Shit is real outside. Everybody got to stop with the sensitivity about everything. Um, This is something else I want to discuss. The Dr. Dre um, movie, the Michelle A movie came out where she showed that Dr. Dre abused her. And he, you know, and then I just seen like all these people. It was like, oh, we're not supporting Beats by Dre anymore. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he did that 25 years ago. Now, I'm not saying he was right for doing it 25 years ago. I heard he shot it. I didn't see the movie. I just was seeing the backlash from it, right? But I see he said he shot it. He did this. He did that or whatever. But I was like, yo, listen, if his girl come out right now and say he whipping her ass, then yes, something is wrong with that nigga. But at 25 years. If, if if 25 years ago you was doing that and you ain't did it since, you know what I mean? Or you've been, how could you, you know, how could you come at somebody for what they did 25 years ago? This is the same thing that the police say about our black kids when they die or, or black men. They say when they was 13, they, they spit on the sidewalk. You know what I mean? They start telling you about things that they did when they was 14. And it's like, yo, but he 35. Like, you know, somebody said, yo, uh, something. I was like, yo, but I, I used to piss my bed when I was nine. But- I don't piss my bed no more. Like. You gonna hold that against me? But the thing is, you just you you just compared pissing mm-hmm. a bed, which yeah. is an inanimate object, spitting on the concrete yeah. again, inanimate, or in it, yes, in and and I can't even get the word compared out. Compared it to what? You compared it to somebody who got beat up and shot at, and is a person and is a woman. No, I didn't so- compare it to her. I compared it to him. I compared if somebody if somebody stops doing something. 25 years ago how can you hold them accountable today i think that there has to be a better conversation around this because you do not want to minimalize the experience for the person who was shot at nobody minimalizing her experience i didn't say what i'm saying is that how could you chastise somebody for something they did 25 years ago if they didn't if they're not doing it anymore i don't know this is just a a a conversation that i was having because i don't know what's going on over there and just like i said we don't know what's true about that you know what i mean it's a movie but just like I said, and it is document where they say Dr. Dre did. Dr. Dre said he did it, matter of right. fact. But what I'm saying is this. If this happened 25 years ago, if this happened in 86 or whenever it happened, right, that this woman is saying Dr. Dre beat her up or whatever, I know women that were like, you know, crackhead mothers to their kids, you know what I mean, like really strung out who are not today, you know what I mean? And I know women that were um prostitutes 10 years ago who are not today who are teachers right now doing well for themselves and it's just like 
how can I hold her accountable for, you understand, or anybody for that matter of something they did 25 years ago if they've had a clean slate for that long? Okay, so that that was a lot, and I, I appreciate it, and I'm just really challenging you to think about not faulting them now, and people are going to do what they're going to do, yeah. right? People are going to make decisions, and I would hope that Dr. Dre isn't still beating people up. I don't know. I haven't seen the documentary either. However, you don't want to minimalize anything for the victim. Even though it was 25 years ago, it could have impacted their whole entire lives. Mm -hmm. Now, if the person is rehabilitated and has figured out a way to make peace and has moved on with their life, I do believe in second chances for people. I do believe that people can come to a new, turn over a new leaf, find a new understanding. I absolutely believe that. But but, But this is gray water. You know, this is why there are so many conversations and this will ne- this conversation will never end and it will always evolve because there are gray areas and I don't have all the answers and I don't think there is ever going to be one straight answer. I think that this is just a series of conversations that continue to have to be had. Mm-hmm. And and cuz you make some valid points and also there could be a mother who is on crack right now who's a great mother. And is has a great job, and there could be a woman who's a street worker, and is a a a happy, healthy parent. And a lot of people will tell me no prostitute is a good mother. You don't know that. And if she's consenting to it, because anything you want to do, as long as there is consent on all parties, is fine. It's about not feeling like you're coerced or up against the wall to do it. If that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Who am I to judge? But when it comes to something that you're doing is inflicting pain on someone else that doesn't have the power to defend themselves, whether it's because financially or because they uh, you're bigger than them or because you have some any type of more power than them, then that's a problem. That's where the problem comes in. Yeah, it's cool. I understand that. What I don't understand are people that are offended 25 years later. What I'm saying is that if this motherfucker has kept the track record of doing this shit, through the 25 years, you got all right to be like, yo, we cannot support this nigga. Something's wrong with this nigga. But if if these claims come from 25 years ago when this dude's slate been clean since then, and you, you've you seen all the other good things that this man has done, it's like, how could you even, how? People don't change? That's my question. Do people change? Or are y'all not accepting it? Or this is the new, I'm sensitive, fake, supporting train bandwagon whatever the fuck you people do on the internet these days i think it's a very gray conversation i think that you know i'm listening to you and every part of me wants to be like and i'm gonna say it this is an example of rape culture as defined by a lot of people Mm -hmm. it's the idea to minimize again the victim's experience but Mm. I, i hear you with the idea of rehabilitation and i hear you with the idea of coming to a new learning because i have seen When people don't know, they don't know. There's three spaces. There's what you know, what you don't know, and what you don't know, you don't know. And oftentimes we make decisions in spaces where we don't know everything we need to know to to stop us from Mm -hmm. doing something. Or maybe we don't have the capacity emotionally. Or maybe something hurt people, hurt people, you know. And I think that there is a lot to unpack. But this is all a part of it, and it is a very gray area. But minimalizing the experience of a victim is definitely 
can fall under that rape culture. And it's so broad. And there's so many examples we could talk about, but we have to continue to unpack. And this is how we get there. We have to ask the hard questions. Can a person change? Do, do we see examples of people who have changed? And then we see examples of people who have not changed. But how do we teach the people that are still not exposed? How are we exposing them to sexuality and the ability to have their own sexual freedom? As far as this is my autonomy, this is my body, I do with it what I want. Safely, with consent. Mm-hmm. That's my question. Let your freak flag fly. I love it. Fly it high. Fly it proud. I love that. I think people, you know, I had a conversation with a friend the other day. Is sex work? Sex work is work. Should there be a sex work union? Shit, why not? Like, should we legalize prostitution? It is in Vegas, isn't it? I mean, there are spaces, yes. But should we legalize it nationally? And, and, you know, there's so many questions, so many different questions we can ask. Or are we all, all too sensitive, like you say? All too sensitive, like you say. Damn, which one is, um, let me see the other one. <clears throat> it's a rape culture chart. All right, well, I understand all this other shit. Because, nigga, if you don't know to taking a picture up, up a chick skirt... <laughs> yeah, but what about the idea? That's rapist shit. This is what I'm trying to say. It gotta be some. It gotta be like a, a list. It's like this is rapist shit. What about you, sending pictures like of somebody that sent you pictures of them? What you mean? What you like just say? Sharing like oh what? another girl's yeah. That's rape culture. I mean, is if you. If I send a picture mm-hmm. to you in confidence, mm-hmm. I'm giving you consent. Oh, no, I ain't never. No, I'm not saying that. I thought you just meant like somebody else sending you a picture. Because you know girls like. Yes, that is rape culture. Listen to this. The when idea I, that that's When okay. I first got on, on Twitter, you know, I, I always slammed at a lot of people. So people would think that, <laughs> like, you know, pe- it was always, you know, I, I'm, I meant to slander these people. But <laughs> people used to think I just was slandering anybody to the point that they used to email me. Like, yo, I'll give you $150 to go in on this girl. I got seven pictures of her, this, that. And it'll be girls. It'll be their friends that they just stopped stopped beefing with. And they would send me their nudes. But I never did it. Like, I never did it. You know what I mean? That's creepy. That's rape culture. The idea that you, that's, that is victimizing someone. That is, Mm -hmm. that, that, that could get you in a lot of trouble. Or it should get you in a lot of trouble because that is victimization. That's internet bullying. This girl Muff, Muff the Body. Her oh. name is her name is on Instagram. Let me I'm see. Sad. Is that still her name? Yeah, Muff the Body on Instagram. Go under her um her picture and let her know that what she did to me was rape culture. She asked to see my penis picture. <gasps> I sent it to her and then she sent it to all the girls in her group chat. And then I seen mad women like subbing me on Twitter timeline, and I was like, "I think they talking about me." And then of course one of them blew it up. Oh, you got a nice dick! And I was like, "Oh my Jesus Christ!" And then next thing I know, my dick was on the internet somewhere, and you know what I mean. And 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 that was rape culture. That I mean, the idea that they think that's okay to do is is rape culture. Because mm. you in that instance. 
Are, did you want everybody to see your penis? No. You wanted it just for her. Well, yeah, it was Which for is her. fine because you consented to that. But once it gets passed on and people like, and they minimalize it like, girl, some of them he girls don't mind. Some, I don't mean, I don't know the situation. I don't know your relationship, but. Some of them girls had, had, had black necks and thin lips. I didn't want them to what? see my penis pictures. You know what I mean? So I was offended. You, you should be. I mean? So you have that right. But muff, I'm a motherfucking see you. <laughs> I want to thank motherfucking Michelle, the sex expert, for coming through. Make sure yo tell them where they can find you. Let them know exactly who you are, so they can come find you on social media. So they can come for me and slander me. Well, she's the sex expert, and she's also <laughs> a feminist, and she's also a woman with um, numerous degrees and all types of things, and she knows how to read. You know what? what? I mean? Who knew? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you guys can find me website www.mhsexpert and then on all social media, mhsexpert. You know, I do what I do. You could probably find me around these streets. Let in them the know city. what degrees you got, because you know you could have said they let, come for me. You could have said the most smartest things on here ever in life, but it's some people if they don't hear you have degrees, they will not. They'll be like, "And who the fuck was that dumb bitch you had on there?" Actually, that has happened to me. I have gotten <laughs> some emails like, "Who you think you are?" And at the end of the day, here's the thing: I have a master's degree in human development. Mm. I have been studying human development for 15 years. I have been um, working in um, marriage, like marriage family therapy is something I studied in grad school. And I have been looking at how people advance sexually over the space of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's a part of human development. Sexuality is a part of your natural human development. So I've been doing this a long time. I did go to school. I do work with some of the best people. I have been trained with some of the best people. You can see it on my inner, on my website. You can check it out there. Um, I am humbled by the work that I do. And a part of the work that I do is helping give people information. Mm. And if you don't like it, don't listen. Be safe, though. The sex bird. Tax season. Thanks again to Uber for supporting this week's episode of Tax Season. Get your side hustle on. Sign up to drive a Uber and earn extra cash whenever you want. It's completely flexible. You your own boss, and you can cash out up to five times a day. No minimum amount required. Sign up today at uber.com slash drive now. That's U-B-E-R dot com slash drive now. Be safe, though. This episode of Tax Season featuring Tax Stone is produced by Jonathan Mena, executive produced by Chris Morrow, and engineered by none other than Samir Karam.